Hey Witch Bitches! In order to bring you an extra special October, we're going to take a little pause from our Charmed reboot analysis to bring you some Halloween realness. But it's still season of the reboots on WBR, and so our first spooky season show is, get this, The Craft Legacy. They released that shit on Halloween, you know. I can't think of a better way to kick off the Halloween season than with two extra witchy special guests. We just want to say a big thank you to Blake and Wick one more time at the top of the episode here. You boys were a delight. We had a lovely time chatting with you. Now let's get into talking about a movie that's so bad it'll leave its own legacy. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? Hello and welcome to Witch Bitches Review. I'm the gentle curiosity you feel when you hear your stepbrother moaning behind a door. Phoenix Arcana Lightwood. <laughs> and hey, this is just me, but I would not be super upset to find my other stepbrother had sleepwalked half naked into my room at night. I'm Siren Rex Fry, and this is the podcast where two actual witches analyze and review representations of witchcraft in media and pop culture. Continuing our series on poorly received reboots, today we are discussing the very special film, The Craft Legacy, with two very special guests. Hey, I'm Wick. I don't really have like a cool intro like that, um, so I feel like <laughs> I should have thought about something ahead of time, um, but I'm still here. Hi. Hi, I'm I'm Blake Malloway, and uh, Wick is my brother, and I would appreciate it if you didn't walk into my bedroom half-naked. No, fair, you had something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I am um, Wick Malloway, something about very violent menstrual blood. <laughs> oh, yeah, somebody had a heavy flow on a white set <laughs> vagina. That's... Uh... <laughs> Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourselves. You guys are super cool. You own a witchcraft store. That's awesome. I want to hear all about it. Yeah, yeah. We own a witchcraft shop in Chicago. It's called Malloway Bros. We also shameless plug into our publishing company, Crosscrow Books. So yeah, we got a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah, we're busy boys. We yeah. do a lot of um, like workshops and classes through the store too. So we have like uh, like rituals and kind of classes on any subject that anyone wants to ask for. So we're just nerds for magic. Yeah, yeah. These guys are awesome. We are absolutely here for your shameless plugs, by the way. Like, have at it. Like, no, I want it. I want you to tell these people what kind of things you do. I want them to fall in love with you while they listen to it. And then I want them to give you money. Like, that's <laughs> what we're here you. for, right? <laughs> <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We are so excited that you're here, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Should we just get into this dumpster fire of a movie? Yes. I'm already so angry. I have so many emotions toward this. I've been wanting to publicly shame this movie for, like, years since it came out, so... Oh, here is the golden opportunity. So I feel like I need to warn you all of something. Um, I'm going to be finding myself in the awkward position of defending the movie. <laughs> well, I've got to go. This is <laughs> I... <laughs> 
I listen, no one is more surprised than me. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Actually, there were parts of this. I was watching it and I'm like, you know what? That wasn't as bad as I remembered. Or there were a few parts where I'm like, okay, there is something good in here. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that, that I was going to come to this conclusion. The first time I watched this movie, I hated it, but I have watched it three times this week to prep for this episode. And I kind of <laughs> like it now. It's I mean, it's, it's entertaining to watch. Like I'll always watch a witchy show or a witchy movie, yeah. right? Um, but it doesn't mean that I just, I don't have problems with like some of the stuff in it you know if you think about the original craft and the generation of magical practitioners that the original craft inspired i mean it was serious it was primal it was dark you know compared to yeah compared to like now coming out of the craft legacy people watching this like oh i can't wait to freeze time and have butterflies come out of my butt it's very sparkly (laughs) i feel like that's probably part of the problem is they kind of shot themselves in the foot by like going on to another franchise like it was just you know like sparkle girl magic um and that was the name of the movie had nothing to do with the craft then it wouldn't be as terrible but because yeah. it's coming off of the craft for, yeah. for me there were there was so much about it that like just didn't flow i feel like it would have been a lot better as like a limited series than a standalone film yeah like if they had more time to tell that story i think it would have been a lot more successful that would have been interesting kind of like they did with a what is it like fate the wink saga or something yeah yes but, yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah like i think you use this phrase magical realism mm-hmm. which i absolutely love and the craft the original craft did that so well like it was really easy to believe that their magic fit into the everyday world Mm -hmm. um as opposed to like the new craft which was all like well here are my sparkles coming out of my fingertips and oh we can freeze time now you know it just it just um it distracted from the story and from like the the believability of the magic a little bit i do agree with that even though i also think the special effects are fun but i know what you're saying but i have to admit that i came off of watching the craft as a kid and i was so certain that i was going to be able to levitate my friends with my we fingers. do that we do that yeah. in the store <laughs> like we can actually do that granted they're not flying there through the air like you know like they're uh, birds or whatever, but we actually go through exercises in the store where we can levitate people and get them to hover four or five feet in the air just using our fingertips. I have watched them do this and it is fucking insane. It's (laughs) insanity. I was just like sitting there and I was like, oh shit. Oh oh, shit. Um, (laughs) We put our fingers where? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I get it. (laughs) What is funny? So a little bit about the movie. According to IMDb, The Craft Legacy has an overall rating of 4.5 out of 10. So not great. Certainly not well received. No, the film was written and directed by Zoe Lister-Jones. And normally when a film is written and directed by the same person, it's good. So I don't really know what happened here. (laughs) It just feels like the whole movie feels a lot more like magical Degrassi than Um, like... (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Oh, you know what? It does. It's a totally different genre. And then I remember that built up the promotion for this like oh my gosh nancy and the craft she's coming back you know they even show uh teaser videos of them binding nancy's photo and stuff like that and i'm like oh this is going to be intense and then we got six seconds of feruza bulk's face at the end and i was like what is this like that could have been any person that was <laughs> that did you time it? it is it actually six it was seconds? like six seconds yeah it wasn't a lot at all it was no not that was definitely a letdown for me i was i was really wanting more of the original characters maybe not even the story being about them but i wanted them involved and i was under the impression that that's what i would get but no i would you could barely say feruza bulk was involved in this movie if it was a continuation of the four original women like what happens next right like one went crazy one retained her powers two are still dabbling like 
That's mm-hmm. so much more of an interesting story, in my opinion. I would have loved that maybe with a different writing director team. Because this one, like, I don't think they would have been able to pull it off. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. not at all. It was not, That would not have been successful with this writer and director, but it would have been a much better attempt at, like, a continuation of the series. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I suppose that's the, the ultimate difference we're talking about between a continuation and a reboot, because they're trying to recreate the old movie elements of the old movie but put it in the new modern era and that means totally different things whereas a continuation would have had like you know these women as like adults and it wouldn't have been a teenage story it would have been some random wine mom's reunion story (laughs) yeah you know they did that really well i know i i hate to talk about other movies like practical magic did that really well it doesn't always have to be yeah um like about the teenager parts of it right exactly yeah yeah and i mean it's part of like the genre with the craft so but like that is kind of like a hard thing to get away from um, so I see like why they would have wanted to stuck with uh, the actual teenager side of things, but we got attached to those characters. That would have been something that would have yeah. sold a lot of money. Yeah. Sold mm-hmm. money. That's not right. Sold tickets. Whatever sold it is. <laughs> Selling all the money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so speaking of the original characters, do you want to do we want to talk a little bit about the characters in this movie? Like introduce them to the audience in case they haven't seen this before. Yeah. I feel like I can only Talk about one character Lily? because I think only one character really got any screen time and backstory. So, Lily, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you guys want to talk a little bit about Lily? What did you think of her? You know, I liked Lily as a character. I did. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have any problems with her as a person, right? <laughs> <laughs> as a she's person. chill. We're chill. She's <laughs> fine. I don't know how old she's supposed to be, but that actress looks like a toddler. Yeah. So <laughs> she looks like a toddler. She does look very young. I do think that this is unfortunate that Lily gets all of the character development and the entire story is really about her and everyone else is just her little side characters. Right. That is deeply unfortunate to me. Yeah. That is not vibe with the original. No, mm-hmm. I was going to say the original, they did a really good job of giving everybody a backstory. We got to see the troubled past of Nancy. We know Sarah's upbringing, you know, her like, you know, suicidal thoughts and stuff like that. We know Bonnie's like, she was burned by the fire. We knew that um, Rochelle, uh, she was discriminated against. Um, that was that was her whole backstory. And like everybody had something that made them an outsider. Somebody that yeah. took them to the edge of society, which is what being a witch is all about. Yeah, we got to like sort of witness to their disenfranchisement yeah. a little bit, which made them yes. practicing magic a little bit more believable. Whereas in this one, the other girls are just kind of there. Yeah. Oh my God, that's, yeah, that's one of my biggest frustrations. That, and like, you don't really get an idea of their motivations either. The other one, you get all their motivations. Yeah, Mm -hmm. this this one, like, they're all just kind of like, they're practicing magic and that's all they say. Like, we're doing magic because of magic, which is fine. I do magic because of magic. I don't have a tragic backstory, but I mean, I feel like in the movie, they should. Yes. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's a kind of a loss of identification we had with the original characters. Then I I hope that we can rein in a little bit comparing it to the original, but that's what I'm going to keep doing now. Um, (laughs) So I think that a lot of us vibed with the original because that story of disenfranchisement and leading us to find empowerment through witchcraft, like however fantastically portrayed in the movie, that felt very real to a lot of us. And losing Mm -hmm. that element... I guess it just doesn't vibe as well or almost like it's disrespectful to that particular 
queer experience, I guess, a particular yeah. outsider experience. Oh, yeah. I had that feeling watching this movie. It felt incredibly disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. On like, so many levels. To me personally, to witchcraft, to the original film, it just didn't, it didn't resonate the way that I really wanted it to, which was unfortunate because there are parts of it I liked. I was like, especially, I mean, we'll get into this a little later, but especially in the scene in the bathtub where it like turned purple. You can do that with a bath bomb. <laughs> that was exactly my thought when I was reading. I'm like, this isn't. This is just a bath bomb. Like, this is an Instagram thing. This has nothing to do with magic. <laughs> yeah. I do think though that there's something to be said about the idea that, um, t- say, a person can take on a label that used to be a symbol of oppression, but now they can still be that identity without having to suffer and what does it look like for us as an older generation to look down on that you know well i think i think my my thing about it is was again i hate to go back to the original but like the motive for studying the craft it almost felt like the 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 craft legacy their whole reason was just yeah why not which doesn't make first interesting storytelling yeah yeah and like i mean applying that to a real world perspective is like yeah cool study witchcraft because it's cool but in the movie, there were several points where it just felt like they were fucking around and yeah. not really doing anything of note, which Actually, yeah. I mean, same, but still. And see, I have to I have to come back to that and be like, well, it's a movie about teenagers. Like, what were we all doing as teenagers? That wasn't <laughs> just kind of fucking around. You yeah. know what? That is something actually that I did like in this movie. Like, they seemed like they were just very teening out and having like a lot of fun with magic, which I very much appreciated that. I was like, this is pretty much what my reaction would be. Well, and I also, I, you know, I had both experiences. I did turn to witchcraft out of disenfranchisement and a lack of feeling of my own power. But also, I did just like teen out and have have fun with it and do stupid shit because I could yeah. and it was fun. I did both of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I definitely, even, I think that too though, like we've all had our spell where we've just, well, let's just chant and see what happens. I definitely still, for my, for my take, I like the idea of there being a backstory that led them on this path. Like why witchcraft instead of any other practice out there? You know what I mean? Like what's the motivation yeah, for it? I think, and that's um, what I don't right. feel like I got. And we get that with Lily eventually, but with none of the others do we we know their backstory. We don't know their we don't see their families, their any other friends, like they don't have any yeah. of that. There's a lot of throwaway lines, like very, very like put to the side, but like the margins of the screen, they'll say some line and you like, you have to like have it on captions. Elsewise you have My no God. idea. You know, one of the most moving parts of the original, that, and th- I'm just, I'm talking about the original just to show that this did not happen for me in the new one, was when Nancy gets home, it's a stormy night, you see the trailer, you see oh, it raining, yeah. she walks in and her mom and her stepdad are like fighting and stuff like that, and there's water leaking into the house, and it just showed a side of this character that you're like, holy shit, this is not mm-hmm. the powerful ass-kicking witch that you see walking through school, like this is a broken child and Mm -hmm. i just i don't feel like i got any of that like emotional like connection to any of the other characters besides lily you didn't you didn't and i mean let's like let's talk about lourdes for a minute Mm -hmm. i feel like there was a huge disservice to that character yes she's kind of both the best and the worst part about the movie (laughs) yeah (laughs) for me um because i think that zoe luna who plays her is fucking rad i think she was rad in this movie i think that lourdes was like the fashion icon of the movie 100% but I'm telling you girlfriend has like six lines yeah Yeah. yeah. she does not have a lot of lines I can recall most of them honestly she has two jokes about (laughs) 
being a trans woman. And they're very short and off to the side. And if you don't know she's trans, you don't even fully get them. Yeah, that was one thing where I like, I remember like watching it, I think the first time and I completely missed she was trans. Yeah, until, I Until like too. the second time when I'm like, oh, she's saying this because she's trans. Yeah. yeah, she says she like, she can't relate to menstruation because she's trans. And also something about trans girls have their own magic. On one hand, I really like that her entire story is not about her being a trans character. But, mm-hmm. but there's like, the lines about her being a trans character should not be throwaway lines as a result. Wouldn't have made for like better storytelling if there were some animosity towards her? Like it's ignorant for us to pretend that that doesn't exist in the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she has like more to her life though, I think. So it shouldn't just be like, like she's trans and that's where her wall ends. I think it could have either existed with her facing discrimination or not. And I'm fine with it not happening. But the fact is she had to have some story yeah. and she did yeah like her, her basic her story was her trans body and it, it didn't even have any kind of effect from the world around her like that was yeah it actually yeah like the fact that we're like having this conversation means that the only thing to say about this character is that she's trans and they didn't even really give that any lip service so like there's yeah. not a lot to really say through her lines anyway i actually do still have quite a bit to say about her um hmm. because she was the owner of the magical kitten caboodle and oh the like that is absolutely the... some shit that i had as a teenager <laughs> I, I would literally <laughs> thought that when i was looking at that fucking bedazzled travel altar that that was exactly oh, something fuck, that yeah. you owned Actually, I love that thing. That was one of the things where I'm like, you know, this is really cool. You know, I have this. Do you know <laughs> what I, I did miss? So, like, well, what? I, where did she get that, though, right? Like, how come we didn't have a cool magic shop in this one? Like, you know what? Like, oh, yeah. 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 Alloway Bros or something. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Was the magic shop in the original a heavy influence on you in life? So, I visited that magic shop. It was <gasps> a real one. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Panpipes Magical Marketplace is what it was called. They recently moved locations, and their name is now Pan's Apotheca. And um, we just sent them information for stocking our books. So Yeah, we're fangirls. Yeah, we're just like, wow. So such fangirls of that store. That's cool as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, you guys are awesome. <laughs> but yeah, like we're, that, that inspiration though, like great. She had this amazing bedazzled travel altar. Show us where you got the candles. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. I don't have room to like talk about bedazzling your travel altar when my grimoire is hot pink, but you know, still. <laughs> <laughs> I think the takeaway is that we all like her kitten caboodle, right? Like, yes, absolutely. Thing? Yes. Okay. We Fuck yeah. I think there's a lot of value in the character, but you have to like go and like hunt and look for it. It's not coming out through her lines. No. And to be a character on screen, you do need to have some lines. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So let's sum it up with, I love Lourdes, but they did not they did not do her justice on this film. Well, she seems yep. to be like the most level-headed of the group and that's really the only thing I can say about her character. She's the only one that doesn't like freak out over nothing. Which makes sense. It's like she was the earth element. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Lily was the element of water, by the way, since we are... Because like... she's so emotional. <laughs> I was actually trying to like figure out their elements because I know in the original, like they, they had reasoning for why each mm-hmm. of them had their elements. Well, they were color-coordinated. Did you not notice? That's, yeah, except for one scene. I noticed one scene when they were not color-coordinated. Which scene was it? It was a scene where they were like all walking in the lunchroom with Timmy. Oh, with the... Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the only reason I picked up on it. Other than the fact that they literally say it. Like, I'm I'm fire. Oh, are you fire, Tabby? I don't see you burning. (laughs) You do, though. She got flames on her fingers and shit. She does. Oh, my God. She has literal flaming fingers. Yeah. (laughs) Who was it? That was um, Aviva. She's the new Aviva. She's the new Aviva. (laughs) I forgot about that. Lesbian icon. I want to talk about So since we're talking about Tabby, let's talk about Tabby. Yeah. Tabby, I actually, I really liked 
all of her mannerisms and all of her facial expressions throughout everything and that's that's all I really can say about her I don't think there was much yeah it's another character we don't get much about yeah she again had no story but I think she definitely had more personality yeah she's kind of impulsive so she you know she's the one that like decides that they're gonna break into Timmy's house yeah um but like she was like the take charge she was kind of the leader character like she was always like saying stuff and then they'd go do it like it was she was the one proposing things and making things happen that's how I felt about her I'd say she's like the Phoebe kind of I was just gonna say Phoebe I was gonna make the quote I found the hot key remember from season (laughs) one (laughs) she she did find the hot key she did she found the hot key (laughs) she was the one I think who was kind of into the idea of hexing which makes her like super hypocritical later on but I think like that's something that I'm glad they sort of brought up in like a very Wiccan like she was totally fine she was totally fine with saying fuck it to harm none yeah (laughs) so I would have been her friend she's like I'm sorry what (laughs) so let's talk about Frankie a little because I I liked Frankie Frankie to me she was the most like Gen Z of the group for sure but also she gave me like mad Gemini vibes which I was into because I mean same we have a little more information about her than I guess any of her other friends like we know her hobbies we know what she likes yeah she likes Twilight for the other two we don't even get that no she has bad knees some of her mannerisms though just used to really would really upset me though like I mean, ju- like they they froze time once or something, and she just started like screaming. Oh yeah, and she yeah. freaked like, out. Yeah. Oh my god, girl, chill. Like, yeah. So she she could yeah. not like understand the tone of the scene. Yeah. Do you know that thing when you're like a teenager and you have no chill and you're like super cringe when you look back at it? Like, yeah. Yes. She was the epitome. That's of her. That. Yeah. That is her. That's her. Yeah. That doesn't mean I want to see it though. I'm like, keep it to no, real life. But I movies. mean, I almost wonder. I feel like so. I feel like watching it. I feel like Frankie is like a little bit of my own cringe at my own memory of myself <laughs> as a teenager. And is that why it's uncomfortable? But I did appreciate her, um, her like dedication and like she was the most excited to like dive into it. It seemed like which I love. I still get that way. Like after 600 years of practicing the craft myself, every time one of my spells just goes like that, I'm like, yeah, it worked. <laughs> You know, like I did appreciate that um, on some level. Yeah, she was I think that very, was my favorite yeah, part of enthusiastic her. about it. Yeah, I I liked her. I did have um, I do have one issue, and it's not an issue with her, but an issue with her quote unquote character development. You know, we mentioned there's a somewhat lack of social struggle going on with these characters that we're missing, but we did get a moment for Frankie where the popular girl basically called her ugly. Yes, mm-hmm. that was it. Yep. Yeah. And we're kind of made to feel like, oh, that's Frankie's whole thing. Yeah. She thinks she's ugly. All, everyone thinks she's ugly and she has a crush on boys, but she's ugly. But she's not ugly, though. Like, she's not. No. At all. No. So that really didn't work for me. Yeah, and that never came up again. So it was like another kind of like throwaway thing. Like, is this her thing or is this just like a way to move this thing along? Right. Yeah, but that was like the closest thing I picked up on to some kind of struggle or disenfranchisement for any of them. Her also. So I was wondering, um, like, what is her connection with Air? Did they have kind of a reasoning for that? With her like popping, ah, she seemed like she'd be more aligned with like fire. Oh, I disagree. I also get mad Gemini vibes from Frankie. I can tell you why I think the characters are their elements. I could even tell you what I think their sun signs are, bitch. I'm like way over prepared. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Okay, so I think that Frankie is air because she's incredibly talkative. I do think that she's a Gemini. She's very mercurial and um, everything has to be talked out. When they do their spell later, she's the one who says the words out loud. Oh, interesting. You know, so she's just very got that like language, air, communication kind of vibe. Tabby, I think, is a Leah. 
Leo. She's very fire. Like you said, she's impulsive. She makes things happen. She has the will to decide what they're going to do next. Um, She uses her powers in those fun scenes to affect change in the world. You know, she's like burning graffiti off lockers <laughs> and shit. Um, and like I said, I think she's like the take charge leader type, which again is like very Leo. Lourdes is probably a Virgo because mm-hmm. she has her um, spellcraft supplies like organized. <laughs> is my my first indication there. But she also just kind of has like a like a stable, chill kind of vibe that Virgos can have. I don't like to say positive things about Virgos very often, but you're, are, are either of you Virgos? I know no. you're an Aquarius. No, I'm not. I'm okay, not. you're an Aquarius. I know that for sure. Uh, I fucking hate Virgos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's we have a problem with them. But anyway, so so Lily is water because she's very emotional and mm-hmm. i believe that she's a pisces she has visions she has psychic dreams for no reason she's always crying for no reason yeah either that or a scorpio but really the one thing that makes me think that is the just the masturbating um <laughs> <laughs> but i i do realize that every sign can masturbate so go off pisces um, <laughs> But yeah, so I, I do see the four elements in them. I think they correspond correctly. I do. Yeah, I can agree that their elements make sense, but that doesn't mean that them as characters are like fully fleshed out. No. Do we want to talk about no. like Adam and his penis power cult for a little bit? Cause... Yeah. I, yeah, I had thoughts on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, please let me let I, me hear that. I don't understand the snapping. Why were they snapping? Snap oh, cup. It's like uh, from Legally Blonde too. And you'll find harmony and love in the. Snap cup. <laughs> um, so first of all, there was like a lot of like kind of weird um, double standards I think happening throughout a lot of the movie. Oh which, my god! Um, yeah. And like I this like the uh, his weird cult was kind of one of them I think because I think one of the first things we see with like uh, uh, Lily and her um, mean girl's mom in the car is like they were talking to each other and she starts to cry and the mom's like no let it out let out your emotions and then like that's kind of seen as like a good thing there and then later on when the cult is doing it it's a bad thing um which i mean like the, the cult is definitely a bad thing i'm gonna put that out there it's creepy but like yes. i feel like the way they kind of like framed it almost seemed like when girls let out their emotions it's like it's the more positive way to do it versus the way the guys were doing it was not good but what was their group though like what were they were they just like what were they i just think it was a circle jerk gone wrong yeah <laughs> it didn't look that fun well, so we don't get an answer no we don't we ultimately don't get an answer to that question i actually have a list of unanswered questions when we get to the end of this <laughs> um and that's one of them <laughs> yeah like what what was the cult who all is actually involved who all has powers it's unclear they do say at the end oh bt dubs he was a warlock yeah that was oh random. god yeah yeah that seemed like it was just like yeah <laughs> how's the warlock yeah. dating pool treating you <laughs> too soon well do you know what it's sort of the equivalent of lily's coven because it's really just lily versus adam so just like lily has her coven that has no backstory so does adam yeah <laughs> his yeah. lackeys also have no character or story well, yeah. oh, man and i'm just so spoiled though and the original like the protagonist antagonist was the same group of people yeah which was Mm -hmm. so unique right like in this i just i don't i didn't quite get like why we should hate this guy like like why and it came out of nowhere too like if there had been i mean obviously he was a dick but like it him being evil was just like oh by the way and i didn't like it um so i noticed also which i just was like interesting and i don't really know how it connects but there is like this scene where they were looking at like what was it the family coat of arms kind of situation and he's like this is the snake that that represents like a renewal in pagan cultures um which i thought was interesting because lily the actual flower of the lily represents renewal in christian cultures 
So they kind of had like this weird Ooh. Christian oh. pagan thing. But and, like all of the names of the boys and the guys in Adam's family were all biblical names. So I yes, really I did that notice that. that too. Yeah. And then also yeah. I know like the snake represented Nancy in the first movie. So I'm like, I, there's, I feel like there's a line in here. I just don't know where it goes. This would assume that there was that much forethought going into this. <laughs> it, it feels like there was, but it just was not achieved successfully. Yeah. Siren, you took some notes about the family crest, right? I did, but do you know what I actually just realized is that literally all of the main characters have biblical names. With, like, Tabby? It, it didn't occur to... Yeah, Tabitha is the biblical name. Um, oh. So is Helen, so is Francis. Um, I don't think I need to explain Lord <laughs> to you as a biblical name. Uh, but yeah, Lily's full name is Lilith. And Timothy, and Timmy is short for Timothy, yeah. which is the book of the Bible. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, what's happening? So here? there was there was a lot of biblical name going on that I didn't pick up on until just now. I th- In this world, they established that witches and warlocks are human. Did they commit murder at the end of this? Yeah, they did. It was manslaughter. <laughs> they, they they burned this oh, man 100%. alive. 100%. <laughs> and then they made jokes about it the next day with his like ex. <laughs> so I don't understand this. <laughs> which is a vibe for me. Right. <laughs> murdered somebody and then they just got off scot-free because they're cute i mean it was self-defense yeah but i mean like you know trial but the only the old slowly uh poison him to death (laughs) (laughs) self-defense yeah so let's talk about timmy because i have feelings about timmy i do too he was hot we have so many feelings about timmy (laughs) timmy was very cute he's very clearly like the the Chris of the film, right? That's his parallel to the original story. He's the douchebag that gets a spell put on him, but they make him nice. Timmy, in my opinion, is the only character that is multidimensional in this entire movie. Yes. And then they kill him. That's also setting the bar low because, I mean, all he was was bi. Exactly. Like, it's like... (laughs) Yeah. I feel like um, with Timmy, and I'm probably going to like jump over to like some other characters too, but I feel like Timmy... And the three brothers could have all been one character. Like, there was no need for all of these people in here. The brothers had no lines. Um, They could have, like, if they morphed them all together um, and then kind of just gave, like, this brother, like, another friend that maybe he had a relationship with, it would have cleaned up so much of this crap. There was no reason for all of this clutter. I do agree with that. But the only way for that to work would for Timmy to have been her stepbrother and... Yeah. You know, like I said, that's an acquired taste for some people, the way that goes. <laughs> Although Clueless was pretty big, so hey. Oh, yeah. And, like, it would have kind of made it, like, weirder for her to be doing this in the first place. You can place. make out with your stepbrother these days. It's fun. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She masturbated to her stepbrother. This is very on brand for us. So. <laughs> yep. I I already, I leaned into this before we even Wait, started, was, girl. was that the one? That wasn't the one that she walked in on who was jerking off, right? No, no. that was uh, Jacob, I think. Jake. So, I I guess to get into Isaiah, Jacob, and Abe, I, I know how you can differentiate them. Okay, so um, Isaiah is the one who sleepwalks naked. Jacob is the one who masturbates to rough porn. And Abe is the one who skins stray animals outside. <laughs> Seems about right. Who masturbates to porn that loud in the middle of your house? Like, seriously? Mm-hmm. Like that With was... your door unlocked? If the volume is going up, the door is getting locked. You can hear that from outside. I know. Outside. Yeah. It was honestly like IMAX. Like, he had like a whole setup going yeah. on. Also, he needed some help. Like, that was clearly like murder porn. Like that's... Yeah. If you're going to jerk off to surround sound porn maybe make it something a little bit more lighthearted than whatever you were watching <laughs> <laughs> jeez just use like a like a sweat
sweater. Like just go to mormonboys.com. Jesus. <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah. I wouldn't know. <laughs> oh, sure. Is that a thing? Oh, you're so cute. Thank you. <laughs> so the brothers were useless. Anything else about the characters before we move forward? Oh, what about Mulder? What's his name? Adam? Mulder. That was Adam. Yeah. Adam is the, the antagonist of the story, which is, he's really just like, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it was supposed to be a commentary on toxic masculinity which it achieved in some ways but also it was just kind of like in poor taste well the poor the poor taste of it you know i was going to get into this later but the the poor taste of it is the same way that chilling adventures of sabrina rubs me the wrong way i i don't love this male witches are misogynistic and patriarchal and have that kind of cult yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that we're seeing in media right now like, you know, Phoenix and I, we're always bitching about male witch representation, and we actually went as far as to scrape the bottom of the barrel and review the goddamn covenant just to try <laughs> to talk about men. We did that. We did do that. That was a rough. Yeah, I'm that sorry, was a guys. rough movie. I had to watch that movie so many times. <laughs> 30 so little, like, good representation of male or masculine witches, and then we get these ones in like kind of popular larger budget media and they're just evil misogynist patriarchal pricks and we're like no no we're all gay dudes who are like polyamorous like <laughs> not like yes. that yes hello yeah and welcome to our show <laughs> yeah. it was very kind of there is a lot of like a uh, unsubtlety throughout this movie um, but like definitely in the messages, in the magic, it was all very much like, we're going to spell it out for you guys so you don't have like yeah. any interpretation. Well, also, even into the references to the original, there was no nuance to those <laughs> at all. Like the like the first scene, the first scene of the movie is reminiscent to the, the opening scene of the of original. The yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> like they're just they're not doing anything they're also just throwing exposition the first scene is fucking weird but i actually so i watched you know i've watched it four times and i kind of love it now because the first time i'm like what the fuck was that scene even about like what did they just say like who knows? i think like what was going on there is like they're like again you have to like watch it like with uh the subtitles on to figure it out but they're just like throwing like lines of exposition like one thing after another like one of them like oh, i like telepathy i like fire i like stopping time okay cool cool <laughs> hi piper yeah <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you about my ancestor, Melinda Warren? <laughs> I think the difference was like the original one, they took that opening scene so serious and you were left to kind of figure out well, what were they doing in the movie? Were they calling their fourth? And this one, they just kind of, they got into the actual crux of the ritual and they're like, oh shit, can you also pretend that you didn't do West and also do East or whatever? Like, do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this spell would not fly. No. No, it did not work. It didn't work. Okay. Okay, no, I'm sorry. I gotta go back. I gotta go back and ask y'all a question. Y'all have never been having a circle and like there's just like an odd number of people and somebody does the second element. I am such a perfectionist. That. Like no, everything has to be planned all but the way through. I'm saying if you know you needed four people and you already know how to count to three and you know there's not a fourth person, <laughs> your shit should have been figured out before you started conjuring shit. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, they are unprepared. They are unprepared. Listen, I always call the corners by myself. So right. I do all of the elements. You know, y'all gonna fuck it up anyway let me just do it myself <laughs> like i mean there's usually like a designated person to do all four so it's, they're just being extra right which is fine they are using the same the craft book from the original which i thought was really i got my jollies off on that, that was yeah nice. that yeah. was nice but maybe that's why they fucked it up so bad <laughs> maybe this book is just not good <laughs> I, i'm also not a huge fan 
wanted that symbol in there, the the banana one. Um, oh god, like I don't I, love it. I did ref. I did take a note that it looks like it's got bananas. Yeah, it. it looks like four bananas. What calls it the banana seal? Yeah, yeah, and like I saw it in this movie too, and I'm just like, oh, God, you should just use that to like call a grinder hookup. Jesus. <laughs> um, you know, I did some extensive writing on the the patriarchy snake seal, but I did not really spend a lot of time looking at the banana seal. So, do you guys know? Is it is it like a previous symbol or is it something they created for this movie? It's, it's just called the moon seal, I think. And it's, it's a real moon. seal. I'm trying to Google a picture of it right now. It's a real seal. Oh, so Googling banana moon will yield <laughs> naked women. Okay. <laughs> Wow. Um, <laughs> got it. Avoiding that one. Oh my God. It's a planetary sigil of the moon. Does it have anything to do with like four corners? Or the... I think it's just because there are four bananas on it that they're like, <laughs> this is four girls. Each girl is a banana. And that's kind of all they went with. So when I was looking at that, that symbol, I was just kind of thinking like, maybe they just wanted to use something like new or unpopular. Yeah, maybe. Oh, no, maybe they just real. didn't want to do like yeah. the triquetra or the uh, the pentagram like everyone's well, done Well, it would be stupid to do the triquetra when they keep putting all this emphasis in the power of four. <laughs> but then of course, you know, when you try Try to get like a four-pointed image you're stuck with a bunch of crosses yeah oh, yeah true. nobody likes that it's i mean just this aversion to using the pentagram and stuff is just really irritating to me well the, but then if there was a pentagram then they'd have to be looking for two more bitches <laughs> <laughs> we don't got enough time for that movie <laughs> no we didn't i mean they barely had enough time for this movie <laughs> we can't even give character traits to the three we got it's nancy in the end that was oh, that's yeah. all she got so i I did like uh, a passage from the the passage that Frankie reads when they're in the first scene where um, it just sounded really cool. The, so it shall be sealed and done when all four corners meet as one. And I could see that being used in real life as like a, a final phrase for calling the corners. I was trying to look this up like if it was because I don't have that book. I don't know if it was an actual spell in the book. I saw the page across from it and they blurred it out so it was hard to read. It but it like, said like Egyptian mana. It was a... Uh... It was an alleged spell for business success on the counter page. Oh, really? I got this shit in HD. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I was trying to figure out, like, if if this spell actually tied into anything or if they made this page specifically for this movie. I don't know. It would be fun to think that it was an actual book. The fact that they blurred out the other page kind of makes me feel like the other pages might have been real stuff. Yeah. And they just kind of didn't want, like, But also, they called the book The Craft. Like, how spot on is that? (laughs) <laughs> what if they what if they called it the craft legacy like it's just you know it was i don't know i don't think it was a real <laughs> I, probably not i i also don't like the idea that this perpetuates that you have to have other people to be successful as a witch yeah mm. as Thank you because i wanted to bitch about that so hard yeah. as someone that practices solitary most of the time i really really hate that idea that you have to work in a group in like a lot of media they have that like um if you've ever seen like the secret circle like their whole thing is that they bound themselves to like, that's what i was gonna say yeah i mean oh, yeah. yeah i want to talk about that show so bad because it's like i love it but it sucks even like oh my god i have so many thoughts in this there's not one show that portrays a witch is just being able to be a witch by themselves without having to rely on other people a coven a group anything like that yeah yeah, even if like there's like some kind of like a compact made with like a another god or a devil or something like it's never just this is actually really terrible because i hate this show but um on the vampire diaries you can just be a witch <laughs> oh can you i've actually never seen the vampire power. diaries oh, yes yeah. but in order in order to be that witch you have to be a black woman that is the only way <laughs> I wish they showed more like fun spells. There was kind of a montage of fun spells. Phoenix is going to bitch about it. There was a few actually times in here where they did cast spells. Like in this opening scene here, like they're even casting a spell, which I appreciated that because like 
yeah. later on it's, it's just like sparkle makeup so after this uh first like pseudo ritual that we see our next character we meet lily and her mom and we hear the alanis morissette song and <laughs> you know we're all like relatable content lily they're going to adam's house for all of those boys that are horny for power <laughs> and it harkens back yet again to the original with the serpent in the grass there's quite a bit of snake imagery in the movie and i feel like in both movies in, yeah. in both movies and i feel like it's meant to evoke like uneasiness and suspicion of like the goings-on which it's successful at but it does feel a little unfair to snakes and it's a little like evil evil penises which i don't care for <laughs> I think, yeah and i think like a it's like a metaphor too like what is it like a snake in the grass or something like that like yeah yeah so they were just like really but putting that on screen in modern witchcraft though like modern quote-unquote traditional witchcraft like the, the serpent in the earth is like a source of power for the witch like the red serpent the starf roof um you know so i looking back on it it's kind of like ooh, maybe that's a sign of power for the witch as opposed to something dark and evil yeah i like that take i yeah. like that take so i interpreted the snake i think a little differently in this film um you know obviously in the original sarah's afraid of snakes and it's a whole big thing and nancy talks about the meaning of the snake in witchcraft so there's all these layers to that in this one the snake kept doing the same thing to me the snake seemed to be an omen or a warning to lily that she was in danger or that there was a dangerous person in front of her every time you see the snake show up it's because she's about to have to interact with adam yeah. And I mean, if you think about that in biblical terms, which is annoying, it's like... Oh, yeah. That Adam and that snake. Also Lilith. Yeah. Also yeah. Lilith, yeah. yeah. Which is weird, because like the only time i think they say the word pagan is with the snake so i don't i don't really understand what they're trying to say about the snake but we really have sort of a, a like pre-christian mythology going on here of like the first two people but lilith the often demonized character in christian lore is the hero of this story because she defies adam the same reason she was condemned back in the day oh, i do like that yeah um, yeah <laughs> so i mean you saying that just like sparks my brain to view this film as like a antagonization of christians <laughs> <laughs> and their mythology which i'm all about Kinda. yeah i mean yeah, actually, as we... i don't hate that that's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay maybe i like the movie a little bit more well so i do love that layer of it but then i keep circling back to so why is this great representation of dismantling the patriarchy contingent on fucking misogynist biblical patriarch adam being a male witch why yeah i i don't like the connotation he's not ours we're not claiming adam the christians can keep him yes <laughs> bye girl bye okay so let's talk about the period scene Let's okay, talk about the period okay, scene oh in school. Let's get, let's go. I, I am not able to have periods. Is that really what happens? Yeah, and I can't, I, I'm not going to like speak for like women because I know I don't really know too much about it, but I can say like that's a lot of blood and I feel like the other people in the room would not be laughing at her. They would be very concerned. Okay, so I, I know, I have had many female close personal friends my entire life and I can tell you that more than one of them has told me a story like this about not knowing it was coming and having it be super heavy. Yeah. When you're, when you're a teenager and you don't like completely have a handle on your cycle yet because it's just started, like th that can absolutely come upon you without warning. I was really frustrated at the fact that they would be so open with the blood, but God forbid we see a used condom and promote sexual health. There's something else weird. I don't know if I'm jumping ahead too much too, but like with the condom, it was weird because it just seemed like it was blocked weirdly it or was edited just strange. purposely held off screen yeah so like they didn't even really mention what it was they just kind of said what's that mm -hmm. and she held it off screen and it felt it like it was being was... held behind the silhouette of another girl yeah which i don't understand like i don't understand why this decision was made and there is actually there's like because i went through there and i was like i was like pausing to like try to catch her to see if like she was actually
actually holding nothing, and she was holding like an actual condom there, which makes me wonder why they cut it off so completely. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so well, like, I can probably speak to that too, because if you think about the sum total of this movie, it contains a lot of things that censors might not want teenagers to see altogether, you know? And all of this stuff is things that teenagers live with, but people still have this idea of not showing things to kids, even though they're part of their life. So we have talking about being bisexual and having sex with multiple people. We have period blood. We have a used condom. We have witchcraft. We have breaking and entering. We have masturbating to rough porn. Masturbating with articles of clothing. (laughs) Creepy stepbrother in his boxers. Sleepwalking into another person's room. You know, we have talk about suicide. Like there's a lot of like hardcore hot button shit in here all about the physicality of being a teenager and what that means to have a body and how that feels. So they're trying to cram all of that into one movie. I think at some point, maybe they were probably trying to dial down things as little bit to fit in as much as they could without getting censored. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what it looks like. It does look like it was just kind of edited a little bit odd, and it definitely stood out. To me, the period scene was very reminiscent of the opening of Carrie. Ooh! To me, this was that same kind of vibe of the menstruation being something to be bullied and shamed by your peers, but instead of Carrie being all alone, what happens to Lily is that these other weird, powerful girls step in on her behalf to protect her and lift her up. So to me, this was very like, what if Carrie had a support system? (laughs) Actually, I thought the same thing with it. Like, it did seem very Carrie with the period itself um it just seemed a little bit like i think awkward just like the way it was kind of put out there um yeah the scene itself doesn't read super well um and maybe that's because this whole movie doesn't read super well <laughs> that's a big part of it. that's a big part of it but i i get what you're saying i get what you're saying like because it doesn't feel i can't fathom making fun of someone for having a period in real life so maybe like watching it on screen isn't super believable to me i know that it happens to surmise yeah. i am glad that i don't have a period and if you can get through having a period more power to you because oh it gosh, sounds yeah. awful 10 yeah. out of 10 i second that sounds awful so let's let's go into just the scene in the woods mm. um so lily gets detention for flinging timmy across the hall uh and afterwards her friends like bust her out of jail basically and they go into the woods to chant and do some magic so let's talk about their cute little altar set up in the woods because i liked it yeah i actually I thought, I liked it. yeah i thought that was fun i like the shot itself i like the setup i kind of even like the spell that they get into it's yeah cool. so i wanted to ask all of you guys have you ever done what they did here have you ever like um gone outside and like physically made a circle with like rocks or salt yeah or definitely or yeah. i'm not with I, rocks but no. like i've made less pretty versions um what can i do this Often. Mm-hmm. This oh, we like, have done it with rocks. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like part of our regular practice. They do say, though, in yeah. this movie that really frustrates me is like, before every spell, we always cast a circle. I'm like, that is so freaking exhausting. That is, that you don't. should not you be don't. something that's you have to do. But, but you do believe that when you're a teenager and you have like three books. Yeah. yeah. No, they're, all, they're all Wicca by Scott Cunningham. Right. Um, which, you know, you know, God rest, devil rest, whatever. But, um, but uh, what was I going to say, though? Yeah, so what can I do that often? I did think it was cute how they ran over to Lily. Blah, blah, blah. This is what you're supposed to say. And I was oh, like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. kind of cute. That <laughs> is really cute. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've done in ritual. Yeah, too. so that made me happy. Like, I, I really liked the forest scene. It was very innocent. It was very, like... Oh, look at us just doing magic in the woods, which I feel like is what our weekends are like. I think We're... everything was going great until Frankie screamed at the yeah, and screamed at, at the, butterfly. the frozen butterfly. I would like to ask, how the fuck did their spell freeze time? Oh, because they said something about outside of time. Because they said we transcend time. Oh, we transcend yeah, time. That we, was it. Yes, we so... transcend time. So saying that one word and then closing <laughs> your eyes and wishing real hard with your girlfriend. Oh, let me try. Let me That's... try. Zac Efron is sitting on my lap. 
No, nothing. Oh my god, what? <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh no, it didn't work. Zach Efron, though, that's so basic. <laughs> Bring me Seth Rogen. <laughs> there you go. I'm there for that. I manifest that. The words of this spell, though, like I thought they were kind of interesting. I, I, I wrote it down, but I forgot what a bunch of them were. It was We Transcend Time, something, something. Oh, Phoenix has it written down. We transcend time, we suspend fate, we bear the three keys, we open the triple gate, the air, the fire, the water, the earth, the return, return, return. What the hell is so triple about all this? Yeah. They made a whole point about this being the power of four. I was really confused about that. That was kind of bugging me, too. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if it was like trying to like reference Hecate in some way. Oh. oh maybe. Or if it's the whole three times times three thing. Maybe they that never brought two. that up. Or but, times yeah. two plus one, yes. Because, you know, <laughs> this, happened, this happens in both movies. Like, what number are we supposed to be into here? I don't get numerology. I've spoken about it. I'm sure you've heard. Yeah. <laughs> we have similar feelings about numerology. How the fuck is it like, like, you have to have four people and four elements, but then there's also some element of three that the the four of you connect two together and that matches up somehow in a sort of three equals four, four equals three times three. <laughs> so I've studied a little bit of this because I, I've been kind of fascinated with this aspect of like of like magic. Like, cause I used to get so pissed when I would go to open rituals and in one corner they would summon the guardians of the watchtowers of the north. And then in the other quarter they would summon spirits of fire. And it's like, you, you just summoned salamander. a fucking archangel and a salamander. Like what, what uh, are you summoning here? I think, I think they're interesting. Like they are all pretty powerful numbers going back to the three and four stuff um but there's not really any solid line between why they would go for one or the other and i think it, it kind of confuses it but i don't think anyone is really meant to pay too much attention to any of the actual spell casting here no it just seems like an algebraic equation to me but and of course that's exactly what we're here exactly for. yeah and they said they did something else too oh the uh the earth the fire the air the water was that right whatever yeah. order it was and mm-hmm. the, that the I know air, the fire, the water, the earth. Yeah, that comes from a song I know. Yes, yeah, yeah. I know the song. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could think it's like Wiccan Sunday School song or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I used to sing it in the woods <laughs> by myself. I would just go stand. There was like a Boy Scout park thing that I did not go to because it was far too butch for me. Uh, <laughs> but there's like a creek that runs through it near my hometown, and I would go out and I would stand in this creek and I would sing that song because I felt all like connected to nature or whatever. I mean, that's what they were doing here too. So this should have been like right at home for you. Yeah, yeah, I was like about to harmonize and. <laughs> maybe i'll put that in in post maybe i'll sing a little number and oh my put god it in. perfect but like overall this spell like i i liked it it didn't make sense. i don't know was this a circle casting i think that might have been what it was supposed to be but... i think that was what it was meant to be that they were casting the circle that way which was different from the way that they tried to do it in the first scene but it's because yeah. i didn't have enough people or whatever which honestly like the uh the spell that they have from the original craft where they're like uh invoking the spirit that's also a circle casting so it might just be tradition at this point for them to like take circle castings and make them something completely different yeah i mean i use the corner calls from the craft for a really long time well it seems like i mean it seems like it's the language of circle casting and corner calls but the goal is that they need four people to say these words together in order to like fully access whatever magic actually is and that kind of is in both movies as well Oh, yeah, they did. Like, that's the goal of their circle in the woods. Yeah. Is to actually get in touch with magic and have access to it in a way they didn't before because there weren't four of them, which is crazy. They did yeah. mention something, which I was, I wanted to bring it up, but I, I forgot. Um, It was like, a, they talked about these four stages of magic. Um, And I don't, I don't totally understand if they're trying to explain, like, this is how witches magic work, but they're like, a, it starts with, like, telekinesis, then it's telepathy, and then, like, ooh, we're not going to tell you what the third one is. And then the, the fourth one is shape-shifting. It's shape-shifting. Um, mm-hmm. And then yeah. the third one ends up being, 
being stopping time, which they show like a scene later. So I don't get why they like like didn't tell her what it was. Um, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. So are they saying like these are the four powers that witches have, or is it? have nothing to do with anything well i mean yeah they say those are the maybe those are the four things they can do now that there's four of them but then of course you know they also have these elemental powers separately yeah, yeah. it's very uh witch the animated series oh and... my god i was thinking that too but i think anyone would get that reference <laughs> i'm so happy love that show me too uh, oh my god way better than Winx Club. I know I'm going to get It's like, so, so much better than Winx so Club. Good. Are you kidding me? It's so much better than Winx Club. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. I could talk about Witch for hours. Okay, this is no longer a craft <laughs> legacy. Podcast. We're going to be talking, we're going to talk, talk about Witch. <laughs> <laughs> this is how most of our podcasts go. <laughs> All right, so we've called the corners, we've awakened our powers, and the only thing left to do is a little bit of magical B&E. This is Misspelled, the part of the show where we critique the spells used by fantasy witches and talk about how a real witch might do the same thing. So let's talk about the spell that they do on Timmy, right? So they break into his house, first Mm -hmm. of all. Okay, so problem number one. (laughs) Which we don't officially condone or recommend. That being said, I kind of fucking love it. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff here that I feel like is very inconsistent to how they're acting later on. But yes, I'm, I'm here for this part of it. Like, okay, accidentally knocking down your mom is like a huge no-no. But you can break into somebody's house. And th- what do they say? Like, they say something like, um, oh, let's hex him. No, let's not hex him. We'll just, you know, change his brain. Um, which then, I don't know where they're drawing this line. And I'm so confused on like how they cast this spell. They put his jizz in the bong and then wiped it on his pillow. Is that what happened? But yeah, but they mixed it with their magic. They mixed oh, it with their magic. It's magic. Oh my God. It's magic <laughs> Listen, I usually do that in a different way. Uh-huh. They don't use this word, but the jizz is a tag lock. It's sympathetic magic. Right. Mm-hmm. So basically, mm-hmm. the jizz is the thing that targets the spell on him, that connects the magic to him in like a really potent physical way so you know you've heard of like getting a lock of someone's hair and being able to do a curse on them with that or something like that. it's the same concept i don't understand any of the symbolism in here like they got the jizz they dumped it in a bong and then they wiped it on his pillow while saying some words like they had two more ingredients too which I oh, it was uh ingredients. so they they use rose oil angelica rose quartz and cum uh <laughs> yeah this was a love spell um i i kind of love it so this was a spell to make him a better person. I'm always a better person after I come. <laughs> but not for long. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, whore. Yeah. <laughs> but because like they're like, they're, they're basically going in there like, we just, you know, we got to deal with him somehow. And Tabby is ready to hex him, which we're all here for. Yeah, go Tabby. Lourdes is the one who says, no, we're going to be positive and love and light about it. We're going to make him less of an asshole. We're going to make him a better person. So that's there. Which I would argue is still kind of in the curse area. I would say that it's it's non-consensual magic. Yeah, For right. sure. Which sounds worse. <laughs> it, it does. But like, if you're debating like, okay, so like, say someone in your life is a problem. Like, say maybe they're the 45th president or something. Like, they're a huge problem. They need dealt with. Um, do you, you know, hex them, harm them, kill them? Is that ethical? Do you 
bind them, stop them from being able to do anything, people still say that's not ethical. And you know, a lot of people did that. Or do you say, let's not harm this person in any way. And let's try to make them less of a destructive force in the world. If those are your things, none of those things are consensual. But which one's more ethical if those are your options? For sure. I think yeah. And like, either way, I'm not gonna like I'm I do hexes. I'm not like blaming anyone else. for Do doing what must hexes, be done. So, like, that's, if, the, that's the read. I yeah. think like, a, what what kind of bothers me is that they're kind of like on their high horse about it like we're not doing hexes yes it's it, it, the their attitude about what they're doing yeah at every point in the movie is just <laughs> off base <laughs> it's just not great well and you know but i like this because they kind of have a little discussion about it and decide on something that works for everybody so the way that this spell works is in their vessel aka the bong their cauldron <laughs> They're yep. cauldron. They place rose oil, Angelica, rose quartz, and his semen. We focused a lot on the cum, as we should as a group of gays. <laughs> Listen, I can't even tell you the last time I saw a used condom. So that off-screen thing in this film was such a big tease. Let's yes. talk about the ingredients. I want to talk about I've them. never used Angelica before, so I don't really know anything about that. But I'm, I'm sure you guys have yeah, all of the knowledge. So I've used it a bit. And I feel like it's kind of like the most like disconnected ingredient in here. I know it's used a lot for... Um, um, like protection, purification, psychic things, talking with higher spirits. Like the word itself comes from angels. A lot of it's supposed to be like you're talking to angels. Well, I mean, they are awakening him to his higher self. So yeah, so I that guess might that, be that might be the tie-in for Angelica, I guess. Um, but I think like because uh, the other ingredients are very like love, the rose ones. So I feel like I don't know totally where the bridge is here. Oh, I have, I've got, I've got that for you. So I studied up on Angelica, and you know, it's main uses as it's described are what you said protection and visions clarity that sort of thing um and that's what it says when you just look up like a basic word like what's it used for but if you start reading more about actual like practices of it and how they used the plant um there's a lot of like wearing it on your person or doing something specific with it that has to do with protection from hexes or removing hexes or uncrossing like that's Mm -hmm. what a lot of its folk practices is but for some reason it gets these other words as it's definition um so angelica i'm seeing in this case as an uncrossing herb and i guess we're talking about the curse of toxic masculinity and being in the closet and what that is doing to timmy that's what the angelica is there to remove and then we have you know rose quartz which represents like emotional healing self-love all that self-love yeah i think of yeah rose quartz and rose oil in particular as kind of self-love yeah i love working with rose quartz it's like my favorite stone i'm a slut for quartz we just got some (laughs) giant rose quartz in upstairs i'm like i'm super excited for that Uh, i did not bring my wallet on purpose (laughs) um Um, so they mix all of these ingredients into the cauldron and frankie proceeds to chant we love you gemini queen Uh, (laughs) we call upon the goddess of holy mysteries in spirit and in body in perfect love and perfect trust may we awaken timmy to his highest self from this day forth, blessed be. And she makes this up on the spot. Like on a lot the of spot. those were on ended spot. with question marks. Yeah. <laughs> I call on the goddess of holy mysteries. Like it was very, it was very like weird. <laughs> Who is this goddess? Right. What is she doing? <laughs> Why is she so mysterious? <laughs> so, you know, maybe, maybe we all had different, maybe you guys all had different experiences than me with this. But I was literally like a, te- a teenage middle school, high school witch with like two other girls. And so all of this like super, 
super cringy stuff like really resonates with experiences that I had <laughs> growing up. Oh my god, I was so just cringy. coming up with an just coming up with an off the wall spell with no book in front of you and you have no idea what you're gonna say and you didn't even know you were gonna do this spell until a half hour ago and it comes out like this. It feels very realistic to me and I like. I it. I kind of agree with you. Like I I think that too. Like I don't always have every spell planned out to the smallest detail. Sometimes I'll go into it like, oh, what do I say? Am I really going to pull a Phoebe Howie while standing in a movie theater vanquishing an evil warlock? You know what I mean? Like she just pulls it out of her ass in that episode. And I feel like I do that a lot more than I care to admit. I think I think I'm we, probably just more jealous than anything that the spell actually worked out this well. well if they're just kind yeah. of really, really off We've the cuff. We've done that in rituals upstairs. We've had like 60 people upstairs at one of our rituals. I'm like, oh, we need a chant to rouse power. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> so prepared. We're so prepared. We're on top of this. But it works. It does work. They do have a very harm none attitude about casting this spell, which is fine. (laughs) But if you guys were going to work a spell like this, what would you do and what would you use? If you wanted to make someone a better person. Ooh, I like this question. I know I would, I mean, I would probably have more controlling ingredients in here because that is what they're doing. So I would have had like licorice root in there too. I would have, I would probably, I thought about the spell. Like I would probably (laughs) have have, taken his... (laughs) His semen, or actually, I would probably would have gotten some other tag lock, like a the shirt or woman? something like that, and like made a little sachet from it and stuffed it with herbs that correspond to what I want. Maybe a little bit of dirt from like a sacred place, and you know whatever. And then mm-hmm. I would have cast this into a fire while chanting my spell, um, because the fire is transformative, and that's what we're looking to do is kind of transform his whole like uh, persona. Ooh, that's a good one. Getting yeah. really elemental with it. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that journey. Yeah. I do like the idea of like walnut shells being used a lot um, for like matters on the mind. So like if you take like a walnut shell, usually fill that with your ingredients um, and like your tag lock and everything, bind that closed and then throw that into the fire. That's like the thing that it's actually taking effect on before it actually goes back into him. Then you use the ashes, sprinkled out on his bed instead of just kind of like wiping the schmutz that they made. Wiping his, his jizz on his pillow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's... didn't get it there. <laughs> there's probably already enough cum in that bed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if someone was bothering me in the way that Timmy is bothering me, I would just like bind him and move on with my day. Be like, bye girl. I know. See, that's what is... and But I don't think that this is something wrong with their worldview. I really don't. I just think that mine is different because I would not, I would not give Timmy a chance. I would not tell my he's got his own shit going on that he needs help with I wouldn't give a fuck if I'm thinking about if I was doing this spell well the way I do spells is pretty similar we have this like antique um, giant sensor, which is amazing. Um, I We burn things in it all the time. It, I don't usually put crystals in there because I'm very precious about my crystals. Um, but I would definitely do an herb mix and I love to get photographs of people because it's so easy. Like, I don't have to break into your house and get your hair. I can just break into your Facebook and print that shit out in black and white at the library. <laughs> okay. And then that's going in my burning dish. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, w- I would use a photo as a tag lock as well because I feel like those are just easier to obtain than... Or, you know, you could scroll on Grinder and be like, hey, come over and then just, you know, do it that way. <laughs> yeah, you could. But those kinds of things aren't going well for me lately. So <laughs> <laughs> um, when I use tag locks, I do like them being like as personal as possible. And I think they mentioned something in here like that's the most potent we're going to get. So I feel like that was a good point. That was like, a good point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really, it's no different than the old folkloric spell of a woman using menstrual blood to create a love spell. Right. It's like, not. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's no different. You can yeah. use semen in all kinds of ways in magic it's a really potent fluid even in mm-hmm. friends you remember friends the semen of a righteous man well phoebe if we had that we wouldn't be doing the ritual in the first 
place. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about the bong as a cauldron and why I think it's actually brill. Yeah, so, you know, in some witchcraft, the cauldron is kind of thought of as like the blend of all four elements and almost a representation of spirit or the fifth element for that reason, because it has fire below it. It's releasing air in the form of steam and the contents of it are typically made of earth and water. So in that way, the cauldron is like the blend of all four elements. So the bong, I've seen this on memes made by cannabis using witches. The bong is kind of the same. The cannabis in the bong is the earth. Earth, there's water in the bong, there's air in your breath and the smoke, and you're using fire to activate it. So you're telling me that I can get stoned and call it a ritual. Yeah. Absolutely, I'm telling you that. There's a whole book on it upstairs. <gasps> Again, I didn't bring my wallet on purpose, Blake. <laughs> so I'm trying to sell me things. <laughs> Um, so, you know, it's it's a little weird that they use, like, someone else's bong and they kind of maybe destroy it a little bit. But, um, or, you know, maybe Timmy's just going to be smoking his own semen for a couple days. Like, who knows? Misspelled. So after the spell, there's a montage classic. <laughs> but aside from, like, the light as a feather, stiff as a board reference, a lot of what they seem to be doing is just, like, goofing off. Yeah. Which is fine, but it's not necessarily the vibe that I want for a movie about witchcraft, which I, I'm sure Siren probably disagrees with a little bit. But I yeah. do. <laughs> 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 well, like I, 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 um, I like to see like magical work. Like I want to see them developing their powers. I would have no problems with them being able to freeze time if it maybe happened at the climax as opposed to. 20 minutes in. You know what I mean? I agree like, yeah. with that. I think like, uh, even if this movie doesn't really give them their own motivations, I think the one thing that it's missing that I would really love to see, and this probably goes to like most um, witchcraft media, is that I want them putting the effort in that are is kind of like equal to the results they're getting out of it. I think mm -hmm. like with anything, it's just like that makes you root for the actual thing that's happening a lot more. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. So and I feel like this... at this point is when we're made to realize that, like, that was the purpose of their thing in the woods. All they had to do was that. All they had to do was get together once, and now they have all these fabulous powers they didn't have to work <laughs> yeah. for. Yeah. And so that's why I think that's why I think the montage is disrespectful. And actually, to go back to one of your points, Phoenix, I think this is somewhere where it would have been much more successful as a show, because we could have done all these things in not a montage and worked up to each of them and it would have been cool, but that's not what we got. This would have been so much more successful as a franchise starter over 10 episodes, as opposed to an hour and a half movie. Yeah. 100%, they would have had so much more time. What really bothers me is this, and this movie is being, is, is guilty of something that a lot of witchcraft media does, where they're using some elements and some phrasings from real life practices and not really giving any background information or treating them with any sort of reverence. Like in the bathtub scene where they're chanting about the maid and the mother of the crone for no fucking reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, another reference to the power of three as opposed to the power of four that is so important in this here yeah. have this bath bomb from sephora <laughs> yeah the maiden mother crone thing didn't make any sense to me because there was nothing to do with that archetype in the film at all no, no. i have no idea what that spell did either besides get her dirty <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah. They, no they just wanted to get her naked was basically what it was there was just no structure to what they were doing and it to me just made it feel really trivial and to me like witchcraft is such a integral sacred part of who i am to watch a piece of media where it's being made light of almost. I know that wasn't the intention, but that the way the montage specifically felt
felt it was like silly. Actually, yeah. yeah, I think you worded that perfect. Like it all feels very trivial. Like there's there's no reason to really care about this. It kind of seems like this could be an episode of Wizards of Waverly Place. Like also, yeah. I would say that this montage never even happened. Um, like right afterwards, she's wearing the exact same clothes that she wore from like when she was at Timmy's house. Oh my god! Her. Yeah, that's another <laughs> that's another thing. The time jumps are all over the place. It, there's no through line of this movie at all. <laughs> it's like this happened, this happened, and this happened, but it actually happened here. It's all over. It's in terms yeah. of like, it's just poor editing. And as an editor, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of editing troubles in this whole thing. There is. So I do want to go back to the montage a minute though, because I feel like you guys aren't seeing maybe something I saw. Um, I do think overall that everything we just said about the montage is true. Um, I also think it is a little bit of fun, but mostly what I noticed from it is that um, there's a lot of like little social justice morality plays going on in this fun oh, magical montage. Well, yeah, yeah. The the turning of the bully's hoodie into a rainbow flag was nice. Oh yeah, yeah, that was fun. I really like that. So that is that one was huge to me because now we're making a statement through the use of magic. They've made Timmy reveal that he actually is queer and that's why he's such a bully. So then in this montage we have another bully who's picking on like a maybe trans or non-binary student in a really ugly outfit. <laughs> Um, I thought he was cute as hell, so shut up. Those overalls but... were not good. Yeah, I didn't. Corduroy? Like that. No thanks. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Phoenix, it's not about your silly little opinions. What I'm trying to say <laughs> is that the movie is making a statement twice here that the reason that men are bullies is because they're actually gay on the inside, I think is what both of these moments are telling us. Oh, I could see like, that. Like, they're really leaning into the homophobia comes from the fact that you hate that you are queer. <laughs> and I thought it was apparent in Timmy, and I thought it was in the rainbow hoodie, too. Even in that scene, too, like, it was it was a good scene. It was something that, like, it, I think that might have been kind of, like, the most, like, impactful part of the montage, which makes mm-hmm. me feel like they should have taken that out of the montage and actually used Made that. It- to give like Lord is the backstory or something. Yeah, I made more of it. I was gonna say like, I don't get where that power came from the ability to create a new jacket out of thin air like that's never been set up before in the anywhere I mean it's not one of the four stages I don't know that's not one of the four stages like what the hell but also if you think about the element of earth and physicality I would say that she has the power of manifesting things dang you must be a yoga master with all that stretching you're doing (laughs) (laughs) siren doing physical activity I think not yeah you are mistaken I just like to lay there (laughs) maybe that's why your hookups are going so poorly <laughs> that and many other reasons, yes. So the, the woke spell on Timmy worked, essentially. They go to a party at his house, and he's like not a douchebag anymore. So that's cool. <laughs> um, I love that journey. It wasn't so much of a journey, it's just an abrupt happening. There was no, like, it was just like we see him again and he doesn't suck. <laughs> you know? Like, that's. Hey guys, it's me. I don't suck anymore. <laughs> they have this little expositional conversation that they've basically all been monitoring him throughout the school day and watching him get progressively better. So we're being force-fed this exposition and oh yeah i forgot about that <laughs> he called himself cisgender in seventh period and then, then he stood up period? for somebody in uh in class remember like, oh yeah he was like telling his friend to show oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he was like don't be such a perv yeah and like yeah. the girls all four of them are instantly turned on by this like they all just fall in love with him and like all he needs to do is be able to speak liberal politics oh, yeah they're like oh my god timmy let me rub your jacket on my clit <laughs> <laughs> um that's what it did for me <laughs> 
<laughs> of course it did. Did you take these notes on Timmy and the Ouija board, Siren? Oh. Or did I do that? I remember. That was an interesting scene. Like how he was like, oh, I used the Ouija board to communicate with my mom. It was, it felt like. Yeah. He was like, oh, I have a Ouija board and I talked to my dead mom on it. <laughs> Cool. Can't relate, Timmy. So do you want regular Coke or Diet? <laughs> <laughs> <It is>, yeah. <laughs> like, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was a... It was just, like, forced Yeah, yeah dialogue-wise. He was, was like, bad. oh my god, welcome to my party. Do you want to get really depressed? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting. Like, it ties in later to the Ouija board, but, like... This there's this is not a natural way to have a conversation. No. no. I mean, it is for me, but I talk about my dead parents all the time. So it's, <laughs> no, but see, yeah. it's, you know, he's just, he's really cute all of a sudden, and she just really wants him to deeply open up to her so they can bang. Like, I get it. So she's like, yeah, tell me about your dead mom, and then we'll bang. Oh, she's the water <laughs> element. She has emotions. This is her thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's super turned on by his dead mom. Like... <laughs> Stir my collar and look your mom, Timmy. She's weird. Uh... <laughs> I have a theory. Um, hopefully I'm not doing any more yoga, but um, <laughs> my theory is that, okay, so Timmy has a dead mom and a Ouija board, um, and he has a family connection to the quote-unquote warlock villain, Adam. So, mm. And he's had the Ouija board since he was a kid, which was when his mom died. So was the Ouija board his mom's, and was his mom a witch, and was his mom also lured in by the cult so they could steal her powers and kill her like they try to do to Lily? Ooh. <gasps> Oh my god. Ooh, that's deep. This is the backstory I want in this movie. This is so good. Yeah. And another way that this as a series would have worked a lot better because we could have explored this. We could have had like an Adam origin story and sort of gotten more from this. Because watching the movie, it had so much potential. At so many points, I was like, oh my god, that could have been so good. Mm. And then 20 seconds later, I was like, that sucked. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know? Like no payoff. Or the payoff was just like instantaneous. (laughs) Yeah. So would that have made Timmy a witch? Or I mean, I guess that just depends on your opinion. <laughs> yeah, that depends on your perspective. If we look at Lily, you know, apparently her powers were passed down. So they say that. They say that when they're asking her, like, what's yeah. your lineage here? Yeah, like, you have ancestry? to have it to be. Yeah. Which I also yeah. hate. Right. As a first gen witch, I hate that. <laughs> well, if you go back far enough, you have a witch. <laughs> My point is, if we go back far enough, there's always going to be some mysticism or magic in our family lines, right? Yeah. So well, there's definitely witch. mysticism in my family line, but it's all like deeply Christian and upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> I just like inbreeding. <laughs> well, why go across the street when you go across the hall? Exactly. That's a really good theory to pose, Siren. Maybe that Timmy's mom was a witch. Timmy's coming out scene, though, is powerfully emotional. I really enjoy enjoyed it. I liked the scene, but I got really distracted by how much snot was on his oh, face. Yeah. <laughs> he was a little he was a little blubbery, but I'm buying it. I'm buying I, it. Yeah, no, it was believable. It was like maybe the first believable performance in the movie. I was saying, yeah, like I feel like it was really well acted at this point. I was like, oh, he's a good actor. But I also feel like I felt like everyone was great in that scene. It was a wonderful scene and I feel like it definitely showcased that maybe some of the things that these actors were doing were was not like their wheelhouse, especially for such young actors for it to be maybe something that they were a little uncomfortable and familiar with, especially in terms of like working with CGI and special effects. Maybe the more emotional like down to earth real scene was easier for them. Okay, overall actually I would say the actors were pretty good. The writing and directing not so much. But the actors, yeah. I usually say this, though. I always take the actor's side with everything. 
Like, if I don't like their lines, then I can't blame the actor for anything. I'll just be like, you did the best you could. As a former actor, there's only so much you can do with a shitty script. Like, so pretty much immediately after Timmy comes out and Lily masturbates with his uh, sweater. And then they, they need to fucking lock their doors, learn how to knock in that house. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> if you're going to masturbate, lock your door. If I can impart anything on you younger generations, it is this. Lock your door when you are masturbating. I kind of wondered if it, this was supposed to be like a bookend to like when she walked in on her brother. Oh, like, oh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. serves the bitch right. right. <laughs> I grew up gay in a Christian household and you lock the door when you masturbate, okay? It's just how it is. We yeah. just do it in the shower like everyone else. I mean, truly. Masturbating in the shower is a lot of work because you have to stand. <laughs> I know, and I hate that. I Like I said, I just like to lay there. <laughs> so right after Timmy comes out, he dies. Let's yeah. let's talk about the implications oh, of yeah. the barrier, the barrier gay strokes. So, I, I have thoughts. I have thoughts. Thoughts, I have thought. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but they were blaming his suicide on the fact that he was under two spells at once, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is what mm-hmm. they believe to have happened. And they thought that this was because of their spells. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But it wasn't. No. Right. But like my confusion there is why would that have happened? I know. They just right. pulled this out of their butt. They're like, oh, because there were two spells, that makes sense. You're kicked out of the coven. Like there was just, it was so confusing. But they had, there was an agreement that they wouldn't make any more decisions about what to do with him until they did it together. And then after they made that agreement, she cast another spell on him by herself. Oh, did they have that agreement? I totally missed that. Okay. They did. They did. They were like, we should be careful. And uh, that was pretty much it. <laughs> she just ignored everything they had to say. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, buy this candle and it's light. Something about this garment on my crotch. <laughs> uh, she, she broke the agreement and then he died and they thought that that was why. And then they bound their spells or bound their magic. Yeah, it's just, it's just no, bad. Let's clarify. They didn't bind their magic. They relinquished their magic. That's what the spell said. Yeah, yeah. If they gave it, it up. Spell. They took their... They chopped off a part of themselves and threw it out there. Which is the stupidest thing. And then they just brought it back. Yeah, without even showing how. So yeah, that was a little confusing for me. Like, how did they unbind themselves? If they could just unbind themselves, then what was even the point of doing it? It was an honor code. So yeah. <laughs> they just returned the the ribbon to the Crafts Michaels store. <laughs> and, you know. That's what the craft means. It's Michaels. Yes, yeah, it's oh Michaels Crafts. Oh my God. Yeah, that's how I've always done it. Particularly in the sticker aisle. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think like at some point the movie just kind of turns into the end of a charmed episode and they kind of give up. Oh my god. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Actually, I can pinpoint exactly what it happens and it's so clear that that's what they were doing. But I don't I kinda wanna yeah. talk about Timmy first a little bit more. Yeah, let's talk a little mm. bit more about Timmy. Siren, you have thoughts about Timmy, and I also have thoughts about Timmy. I want to get into the the barrier gaze trope and how I think this movie kind of subverts it a little bit, but I also just want to talk about how so while Timmy is being killed that is when creepy sleepwalking Isaiah wanders into Lily's room and you think that maybe there's some kind of connection there but that is never explained or brought up again never nothing nothing happened there was nothing even talked about in the scene it didn't make any sense no not at all and again another point where a series would have been better they were just trying to give you the shock factor I feel like I would say this whole movie has like um like genre challenging like they don't know what their genre yeah. is they try to yeah. do like suspense horror and then they horror horror and then they try to do like um like comedy to that point i would say that the original was a dark comedy and this is 
a comedy with a darker ending. Yeah. Yeah. Like this movie is primarily a comedy and it's, but it's confusing and just not quite, it doesn't quite land. No, it doesn't. The jokes don't land. It's not a good stand-up <laughs> set. But the shot where Lily wakes up and is staring in the corner at her brother there is fucking terrifying. It is. Cause like good. you can it see is. the outline of him and it's like, what is happening? Is that a coat rack? What's going on? And then you turn the lights on and it's a dude and you're like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's her stepbrother, so I mean... Her other brother turns the light on. Her other brother just walks into her room and turns the light on when her door was closed. And it's like, oh yes, I thought I would find my other brother in here terrorizing right. you. <laughs> all I'm saying is this wouldn't happen if they're trying to lock their damn doors. That's all they gotta do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Lock your door before you masturbate or let your stepbrother yeah. in. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> So now that that's out of the way, we obviously, you know, so Phoenix and I in episodes that we haven't even put out yet have been grappling with the barrier gaze trope and then the unbarrier gaze kind of thing happening now. Um, so that's been on our minds a lot lately. So what do we think about the fact that it's a it's a bisexual man who gets killed off? Off screen too. Off screen. Yes. Like, what do we think about that in the terms of killing off like queer characters? I mean, I don't know... I don't know. It's it's heavy. It's heavy because <sighs> the thing that sucks is it really is... I don't agree that it really... I mean, I haven't heard your point yet, but I can already kind of tell you that I don't agree with you about it subverting <laughs> the bury the gays trope because it <laughs> his death is used as a plot device. Yeah. Which is literally what part of the bury your gays trope is. Like, it's a, it's a death that's not really impactful for the character. It's impactful for the story. And it just... It doesn't sit right with me, especially since bisexuality in general, but especially bisexual men are so underrepresented already. Yes. Um, this was the whole reason they made um, Nick bisexual in Heartstoppers. Like, like that was that was this was like a big thing. I don't know if you guys saw Heartstoppers. I know quick segue, but I did, and I sobbed like a bit. Oh my god, me too. <laughs> they made one of the uh, guys bisexual because there wasn't a lot of bisexual representation in it. So in the graphic novel, he was not bisexual. No, he was. He was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, that, but that yeah. was the yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, cause so I don't know. Like now, there's no gay characters. I mean, I would say like they shouldn't. Like I don't know how to word this. Like I feel like you can't just like keep uh, like gay people from dying in TV ever. Like it should still happen at some point. But like, so I guess my only thing is why him as opposed to somebody else though. Like it's my thing. Well, like his Yeah. Why because didn't they what? kill one of the kids? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like that would have been so much better. Better storytelling. Like one of the kids dying, the father preaching like no emotion, being Ooh. being an asshole, and then he's. <laughs> confronted with his kid dying. Oh, that would have been hardcore. That's juicy. Yeah, right? So it's just like... It was cheap. It was yeah. cheap. Makes it easy. <laughs> and and from like... I mean, I looked up the actor-director and she looks really like woke white feminist. So it's kind of surprising to me <laughs> that she took such a cheap shot. Uh, but I just... I don't... I didn't care for it. I didn't care for it. It felt useless to yeah. me. It did. Yeah, it did. Also, uh, like again, back to the editing, it seems like something like maybe they had something else planned or something else shot and they're just like, no, we're just... We're not... We're going to cut and, it off here. And they were else. like, what if we found out he died and then immediately went to his funeral? <laughs> yeah. Well, we have that whole like penis power cult scene where Jacob cries on his dad's shoulder and you're like, Hot. Well, now Phoenix, then... <laughs> you have to give me my chance to say the thing you disagree with already. Okay. Like... Okay. Yeah. So I forgot that you had something to say. Yeah. Well, I don't know how you could forget that because just assume I always do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think, I think that multiple things can be true. And I think that he was a really especially after the coming out scene, I think he was a really great representation of a bisexual man character that we never see. And so I think for that reason alone, it's really shitty that they killed him the way that they did. But 
I also think that there is a point to it, and I think it does have a social commentary. I don't think that it's useless or wasteful. I disagree with that. I think that Timmy's story is all about toxic masculinity and what it does to men, because that is usually not how the conversation is framed. It's always like, you know, why can't you women just deal with the way men naturally are? You know, that's the thing that we say. But really Mm -hmm. what, you know, a lot of us are trying to get out there that a lot of cisgender straight men don't understand is that toxic masculinity hurts them too. And that's what's going on in Timmy's story. Because at first, it makes him deny his true self. It makes him miserable. It makes him a terrible person. So he's actually suffering under that, even though it sort of looks like he's in power. As soon as he sheds off that power and sheds off the toxic masculinity, the patriarchy sees that as a threat and hates it. And then patriarchy kills him. So either way, the toxic masculinity hurts him, kills him, ruins his life, no matter what he does, because that's what it does. Yeah. Also, it's like inevitable. So moving forward, um, unless you guys have anything else no. to add. You want to talk about the weird ritual and the crest? Oh, the, the penis power circle. I can't. <laughs> they all gather and they're like, is this where they're snapping? No. I think so. That was it, right? They're yeah. all standing in a yeah. circle and they're like, he killed himself because he was a fag and now we're all gonna be like angry about it and they have this wand that they pass around this like phallic wand they pass around like it's their literal like magic circle jerk it's the spirit stick from bring it on (laughs) (laughs) we've got spirit yes we do yeah so i i I don't know i don't have a lot of feelings about it i know it's really uncomfortable to watch jacob like scream uh and then start crying because it's just like uncomfortable and it, it feels like an unhealthy expression of his emotion which yeah is the point yeah um yeah yeah. Yeah. to me it feels like they're basically saying you have these stupid ass whiny bitch emotions so i'm telling you that you're gonna get them out right now and then after that you're done is that what he's trying to say because i was really trying to figure out like what is your message here it seems very convoluted well that's what i picked that's how i felt i guess watching it doesn't work and that's that's why it's so hard to get a read on it because it's so it's so unbelievable to a certain extent where it's like, I don't understand what's happening right now. (sighs) Is this what straight people do? (laughs) I do think that like everything that David Duchovny does in this movie is just kind of like deeply unsettling and uncomfortable in a way that you almost have to like think deeply about why it's so upsetting. And that just makes it more upsetting because you're thinking deeply about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I often don't like thinking deeply about things. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's the worst. (laughs) He is like a really good actor. I'm kind of surprised they got him for this um, because he was like acting way more than I think the movie gave him room to. Yeah. 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 His character was very one note. Yeah. yeah, because his script was also terrible. Until he had two notes, <laughs> oh. which was like, I'm a misogynistic asshole and a warlock. Surprise! Mm. Oh my gosh, wait a minute though. And then he, remember when he changed, you just reminded me of, so he changed mm. it to this. her mom. I hated that. That was the moment. That's the moment it turns into charm. Yeah, that was totally the yeah. moment. Oh my gosh. And oh, I hate when they do stuff like this because it's so not subtle. His, in the beginning, her mom was like, remember, honey, what I always tell you, your power comes from your emotions. No, 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 no. Your powers come from your difference. And then <laughs> yeah. um, at the end, she was like, remember what I always tell you, honey, your your differences don't give you powers. And she was like, <laughs> my mother would never say that. <laughs> Why, that's the exact opposite of what you say. Like, Oops. Oh, yeah. God, it was just too, It's like, super on. cringe. Yeah. But the it's whole... 
the whole your difference is your power thing is such an overused queer coding phrase. Yeah. Um, well, and we literally, it's like almost exactly the same in the Charmed reboot, which we've yeah. just been talking about. They, their yeah. mom tells them, their mom tells them, your difference is your your differences are your strengths, and then yeah. they Nothing have is a stronger than your sisterhood. <laughs> yeah, it happens in that show too. Although at least she tried acting like her mom, as opposed to Charmed, where every time there's somebody else, they act like babies. Gaga cuckoo on Phoebe. Oh my god, Alyssa Milano trying to pretend to be anything. Paige, like two episodes after yeah. they introduced the character. Oh, That's yeah. a whole thing. That yeah, I have a big. Paige got me that. hooked on suckers. I mean, you're totally right. This is the point when it turns into a Charmed episode. Even the effects. The effects were very 1998 Charmed. Like, it looked like a terrible morph. It was. And did you notice that the morph had a cutaway where it flashed back to Lily's face? Yeah. And I saw that they were blurring out the background the whole time so they don't have to worry about, like, the green screen or anything. Yeah. It was just not good. This movie's edited so poorly. Yeah. <laughs> so poorly. There are so many points where I'm, like, watching and I'm like, I would do that differently. And, like, I mean, that's me all the time with everything that I watch ever. So, before we get into the final smackdown can we talk about the family crest so first of all i want to bitch about this because this was almost as hard to see as the used condom (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i am like on the edge of my bed like trying to pause the movie in the right spot to get a good look at the crests which was really irritating to me and every time they're on screen they're in very low lighting the entire scene where adam explains the crest to lily they are both holding it and looking at it and the viewer can't see it it's it's not in the shot just like the fucking condom so what the fuck was that so anyway so i finally did get the screen paused so i could look at them oh wait i found a picture of it yeah is this it that is that is one of them yes oh it's a knife and some horny snakes that does look very it's the sun the chalice and the knife in your picture it looks like a sun there's a sun on one side a chalice on the other and then an athame running down the middle so i had a different interpretation of the circle oh okay what did you see so okay so it could be it could be a sun for me it looked like um there is an a knife running down the middle and I thought that the two smaller symbols were a goblet and a coin. Oh, maybe. Oh, it might be a coin. And so I had, I had a, it could, it also, you know, it could be a sun because there's all these like rays of light kind of stylized into the whole thing, but they appear to be coming off everything. So in my head, the circle was a coin. So then these three symbols are enveloped in a snake or snakes. So I was thinking that obviously our giant knife is just a representation of a penis, right? Like this is like phallic, (laughs) male power, male privilege, and the two other symbols are the things that are less than them that they control, which is the (gasps) coin, money, and the goblet, women. Ooh, I like that. Okay. That's interesting. That's deep. Yes, and the snakes around them are kind of representing the whole system of patriarchy that this situation exists in. I like that. I can see that. Oh. The snakes, too, are very, like, they seem like a, like the Caduceus, too. Like that um, Hermes's staff, the staff. with like, oh. the snakes around it. Which is, <laughs> what is it called? The, the Caduceus. What the did you call it? Wait, is that what it is? The yeah. Caduceus? Yeah. <laughs> That's my new favorite word. Caduceus. <laughs> Phoenix, you're a Caduceus. <laughs> and you're a bitch. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so but so that's the one crest there's actually three crests and the one in the middle of the wall is stylized so that the snake heads are on the top and their tails aren't visible on the bottom so the snakes literally make the same shape as the wiccan horned god symbol Oh, oh, oh yeah. that's interesting. And then they have this knife coin and cup thing in the middle of them. So to me, it's a very like patriarchal symbol. 
Like, yeah. the snakes protect their masculinity. The snake is their belief that men own women, basically, and then they own the women and the money, and that's their whole thing. Oh, so, like, this whole movie then kind of boils down to just really being about the triple goddess versus the horned one. Or the quadruple goddess, in this case. Right, the banana <laughs> goddess. and The, <laughs> the banana <laughs> goddess. The elemental goddesses <laughs> versus the patriarchy. There is another interesting thing here, because this movie focuses a lot on earth, air, fire, water. Um, All four elements are represented in this crest, because so you can go back and forth about what the dagger represents but in in a lot of tarot decks the dagger represents air the coin represents earth the goblet represents water and snakes are often seen as kind of an extension of dragons or salamanders representing fire yeah it was also thought too that like some of the elementalists like fire was always kind of seen as the outcast um it was the only thing that wasn't like naturally occurring whereas earth was earth air is just there you know water is already there so a lot of times too like if you look at a pre-modern man manifestations of the elements fire often gets um kind of given the boot for that land sky and sea and like celtic so even if you mm -hmm. set the fire aspect aside you still have like um the three main elements yeah there. fire was always like the divine element versus the other ones which were the earthly yeah. elements so like get that in there like adam all of this kind of like christianity stuff they could be saying like fire is the god one and the yeah other ones which makes sense though because everything has like a like rays of light rating aiding off it in the uh, crest here oh wow yeah. how very astute the two of you are <laughs> A very a stupid I am, yes. I was going to say that too. <laughs> but that's deep. Oh, we couldn't even see it in the movie. So like, No, <laughs> we, gained, we garnered so much from something that we could not even see. And I have to wonder how much effort and thought went into that prop just so it could like not even be prominently displayed. Oh, right. The real right. victim is like the product designer. This really pisses me off. Um, The crest does show up in Lily's dream visions, but it flashes so quickly that I could literally not even pause it on time to look at it. But it is in there. So the binding of each other is stupid <laughs> um it's like it's really authoritative for them to like decide what is and isn't responsible use of magic like you're nine calm down <laughs> <laughs> very dramatic the way it was done too. it is it's so like let's cry about it <laughs> it was very much like forced so that the plot can move forward to the next point but like, yeah they, they could have done something else they could have done something else well I, I i agree that it was for the plot to move forward but i think they did that as like an echo it was just another echo of the original yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. i bind you nancy from doing yeah. yeah oh that was so i mean i was so inspired watching that show. like in the original she was mm -hmm. sitting on her balcony the sun was blowing across her face she had her magical box out and she was just finding the photo while chanting do you know how many spells i modeled after that? i would sit on our deck like an idiot like oh i'm sarah <laughs> raise your hand if you've ever done that spell that right no kidding <laughs> absolutely i have done exactly that several times this is like a lot yeah several times i've done exactly that spell and it, uh, it's worked pretty well yeah. the aesthetic was a little bit better i feel like in the original craft than here where they're just sitting on a bed yeah. and she's like oh god i bought so much ribbon for this <laughs> so there is something i pulled out that i thought was interesting of the the binding spell so one of them says what's the number one rule of the craft and i'm thinking that they're gonna say some harm none bullshit but apparently the number one rule of the craft is very specific. If a witch is a danger to herself or others, she will be bound. That is the number one rule of the craft. Where? Where was this read? Never. If it was the number yeah. one rule, they would have brought it up at another time. Like they even, they, yeah. they, there is nothing that even set this up and they just all kind of accepted it in this movie. Yeah, it's not, um, <laughs> you know why? It's because it's a bad movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. That line was bad. 
<laughs> yeah, that line is not good. It's really bad. So I lost where we were. Oh, we're talking about the binding. And Lourdes has her literally one line, the only thing that she says in the whole movie. She says agreed. <laughs> That's it. Agreed. <laughs> like here's my here's my summary of Lourdes. Um she <clears throat> is trans twice. Um she agrees. <laughs> Uh, she wants to be telepathic, and I think that's all she said. Oh, no, at some point, she's the one who says, we're not going to hex him. We're going to make him a better person. Oh, that's right. And this movie was like a... They really marketed this movie as having a trans character and then did nothing with the trans character. Yeah. yeah. Can we get into that? Because I read an article during the making of the film that she was going to be specifically a trans-Latina character and that she would also bring some brujeria influence into the movie. I read an article that stated this. That did not fucking happen. It feels like that could have also been a charm article no yeah <laughs> it did not fucking happen and i promise you this article was about the craft legacy although they in fact did do that in the charmed reboot so good on that <laughs> but yes, i was also promised that in this movie and i did not get it so what the fuck yeah i didn't know that so we find out that lily is adopted and it's it's heavily implied that she's the child of rape which is not great oh it's so bad it's so, so somebody raped nancy right yeah that's a, i mean that's, that's such a trauma that's the only like way that that could have happened to Nancy still being in an institution, I would assume. I, I it's it's definitely you have to like read between the lines on it, but if you if you hear her say that her mom is a counselor, her mom met Nancy at a crisis center, her mom adopted Nancy's baby because Nancy had trauma. And let's not forget the last time we saw Nancy, she was physically restrained to a bed in a horrific institution. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So this it's pretty gross. Like if you let your mind do the work, it's pretty gross. There's even um, a point where Adam's sort of saying something and I'm not sure exactly like what he's getting at, um, but he was like talking to uh, Lily saying something about like, um, are you gonna fight like your mother did or something? Like when he's talking about like stealing her powers. Um, so I wonder if he was talking about like, he's the one who might've taken powers from Nancy, which wait she didn't even have powers at this point but if that is um kind of like where some of this connection might be coming in like he could have even been her father well to be oh fair, shit though, to be <laughs> yeah. fair though, we don't know that nancy left off not having powers right because she just went crazy with them and i feel like if she lost her power she wouldn't have been crazy that's true because like even here like they, they bound their powers but yeah. they still have them so they're same like, situation sarah mm. went to the like one positive end of the extreme and she was able to conjure the elements and stuff like that. The two middle yahoos, they didn't do shit. And then <laughs> Nancy was like on the complete opposite end. So it doesn't necessarily suggest a lack of powers. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was under the impression that Nancy didn't lose her powers, that they were bound because Sarah does the spell again. The big reveal of the movie is that Adam is an evil, evil man, witch. Uh, and a shapeshifter apparently, and that he killed Timmy because he was making his son a homo, and he wants Lily's power. That's the sum up. That's the movie. That's it. That's the that's the movie. Yeah, that's the gist of it. He also like he said that it was the coven's fault that Timmy was a big homo, even though Timmy totally porked his son before Lily even got there. So like, <laughs> yeah, just saying. He and Isaiah were butt buddies long before he. Well, got we all know the big days yeah. of choice people. Yes, obviously. I was kidding. I was kidding. Well, listen, if I had the choice, I would be gay a hundred times. Right, seriously. (laughs) Because being straight sounds awful. It sounds terrible. Pregnancy. Yeah, I literally choose to be gay like once every couple of months. It's like a renewal subscription. Yes. Yeah. It's like, yes, I would like to renew my my Netflix subscription and my gay card. Thank you. <laughs> 
Um, so let's talk about this like video game character showdown that they have <laughs> um, at the end where Adam t- takes Lily out to the woods to murder her. Can we talk about real quick one piece of editing? Like probably the only piece of editing in this movie that is good. <laughs> sure. And it is when Adam punches Lily in the face and then it flashes to a KO video screen that the other oh, girls yeah. are playing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was funny. That was good. That yeah. was clever. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. I didn't even notice that. I must have just been like yeah. so off my radar, being like, "That can't be something that's done." I on thought purpose. that was pretty clever. Yeah, yeah um, no, I like I said, I watched it three times in the past week. Like every time, it strikes me. But yeah, wait, this uh, this vanquishing at the end was totally charmed. Yeah, very much. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's like literally they like to have to get him in position, and then they're like, "Okay, everybody has to say this poem at the same time." <laughs> For this to work. <laughs> and then he's like screaming, he's on fire. and Also, just fine. run away. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, just go. Just leave. Uh, but I mean, it works out in the end, I guess. They set Adam on fire. And, and they murder. They murder someone. They murder a man. And it's all fine. They straight up fucking kill him. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, yeah. like, super light. I'm fine with it. <laughs> I would have liked to see, like, each of the elements kind of come into play. They did a little bit with um, Earth, where he was kind of, like, sinking into the ground. Yeah, and, then they, and they, like, they did set him on fire. But... They did fire, and then Frankie had that, like, air moment where she blew him backwards, which I loved. Yeah, so I loved all of that, and I didn't really understand why Lily didn't get a water moment. Yeah, what would... Well, because if it, spit out, like... if, yeah. it, if it had started raining, it would have put out the, the fire. fire. Yeah, so I feel like, I don't know. They could have, like, had his blood start spurting I out. suppose, but... I feel like she could have done something because Tabby is fire, but she also like created this like force fire field cage. Bubble. This like know? weird little ball of light. Um, I do want to say that um, I loved Lordis's earthquake. Oh, yeah. That was cool. I always love it when that happens. It's like, I don't super duper resonate with the earth element all the time, but anytime I see that happen in media, I'm like, God, that's so fucking cool. I totally agree. I feel like I don't, I don't have too much earth in me, but I feel like it's one of the coolest ones on screen. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm like air, fire, water all the way. You know, a lot of my thinking about the elements is informed by video games. I'll be honest about that. And that's <laughs> you don't see earth represented in a cool ways a lot. You you usually don't. And it can be one of the most destructive down, like elements. It really can. Um, I think earth is one of the most underrated ones, which is funny because it's the one that we usually connect with the most in our magic, like the landscape and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I guess the spirits of the landscape, too. Yeah. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what element they would be. Spirit? I feel like what would have made it better is if they were chanting something other than their element name. Like, what yeah. do you want the element to do here? Yeah. Like, like you yeah. could say, like, fire, burn that bitch. Yeah. Instead of just fire. I like fire, burn that bitch. That feels like a good ending. <laughs> fire, burn that bitch. I mean, that's yeah. a good chant. And like, we, you brought up the secret circle earlier. They are pretty elementally based in their magic. <laughs> their spells mm-hmm. suck, though. Water in my hand make fire. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. just mantras, pretty much. And it's like spells. transmography. Yeah, you're right. They, they just chant. They say their element. They say their element. Um, yeah, like this isn't Captain Planet. Like, give me something else to latch on to. I don't know. I wasn't thrilled with it. At this point, I think this is like, again, like the thing that I think most witch media does, um, where it stops being about witchcraft and it's more about they're like a team of X-Men and they just have like this yes. superpower. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. It's, it's about it's, superheroes. Yeah. It's very superhero-y and that's something that I don't love. <laughs> like, yeah. How would a real witch handle like somebody trying to come after them for their powers? Like, what would they do? They would have had like, like traps set up. They would have talismans. They would 
I mean, it's not very exciting to like watch them just like sit there and set yeah, up a well, spell. But well, I feel like a lot of witchcraft in that regard is like preemptive. Yeah, it's like a lot of the times we're more defensive than offensive. Yeah, but right? oh, so like I guess the example that I'm thinking of is you remember the spell in Buffy? I know I'm getting way off on a tangent here. Oh, to no, we res- <laughs> to rescind like we remember whatever invita- it is. Yeah, I, we remember. <laughs> yes, remember when they were doing the spell to rescind a vampire's mm. invitation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it yeah. was like such a simple spell, but the way they were chanting and I think I don't know, like it just felt good and it felt like defensive. Like and there yeah. was the feeling that like there was something set up beforehand and I yeah. was just putting on the final touches. Right. Yeah. 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 So like I feel like that element, whatever that element was called, was missing from their vanquish. Like as yeah. far as I know, they just got a bunch of people in the woods. And then started killing them. So you're saying chanting. there are more than four elements then? Maybe. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. There wasn't um, there wasn't enough lead up, Be- but and that's the case for yeah. the entire movie. <laughs> think about think about uh, Cole when they vanquished him for the umpteenth time in the crystal cage, and they had the whole setup of putting the cage around him, of Phoebe getting emotional, of mm-hmm. of them calling on their ancestors, and it was so impactful that Phoebe finished that spell and not Piper or Paige because it was. Was Phoebe's like lover, her soulmate, and they turned a vanquish into something that really made you feel like this. I mean, it just happened, and then it was done, and they were joking about it in the next scene. Yeah, Did you fuck any more warlocks, mom? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Frankie makes light of it, and she's like, "We did almost die." <laughs> that made me love her so much because that's how I would talk about <laughs> if I almost got murdered. I know, and that's why I also think that Frankie is a Gemini because you're just fucking like that. You're I horrible. know I am. I know I am. Uh, I feel like I hate to say it because I think like uh, she was the one that annoyed me the most, but she might be the most relatable out of all of the girls. That's because Gemini's are awesome, and we get a bad. I nap. absolutely think she's the most relatable. Yeah. Even though I'm an Aries, air has always just kind of been my main element that I like, and I just really saw it in her. I get it. I get. See, it. I always when I was younger, I always really liked fire because I wanted to be able to burn stuff down uh but as i've embraced my gemini-ness a little bit more air has definitely gotten a special place in my heart what's your guys's favorite element to work with your brain needs support and new ollie brainy chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health made with scientifically backed ingredients like thai ginger l-theanine and caffeine brainy chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus stay chill or get energized be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I would probably say fire or I would say earth. I would like as a superpower or in magic? Yes. <laughs> like as a superpower, I would love air because I think like there's a lot of like I was going to say that with superpowers too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But with magic, it's fire and earth for me. Magic, it's fire. <laughs> I do like fire. I I also really like fire. Um, I like to. I mean, I obviously work with all of them, but I've gotten a lot more into water lately, mm-hmm. uh, especially because I like I go to the beach so often. So I've really been into like connecting with water spirits, and I'm like, let's play mermaids. Um, but oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think water for me. But for superpowerness, also air because tornadoes. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah. I mean, yeah. you could really do everything with yeah. air. Yeah. Earth, though. Earth, though, I feel. Now I'm getting confused because I feel like, yeah, as a superpower, I'm sticking with air. In magic, it might be between fire and earth. Solid. Siren, what about you? Yeah, see, I really have to say air for both of those because I think of superpowers, I think of, like, flight and wind and telekinesis and seeing Mm -hmm. the future and stuff like that, and I love all of that. But when I think of, like, my real magic, it's, like, 
uh, being a historian and reading and theory and communicating and chanting and wrapping my head around concepts. All that's like that's my kind of witchcraft. It's all very to be annoying. I would say cerebral. <laughs> Yeah, very scholarly. <laughs> I feel like I'm the same way with that though. Like, oh my god, I love me a good book. Like, ugh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> I'm such a book. Like, uh, uh, what do they call? It? it sounds dirty, but it's not a bibliophile. A bibliophile. You get yeah. paper cuts that way. Uh-huh. Paper. That's not, <laughs> Practi- I'm not a bibliosexual. What do you think I am? <laughs> Practice safe flipping. Right. <laughs> so I kind of love that we got back to this like superpower sort of place because I want to know what you guys think about something that I think about all the time um it's it's kind of a central thesis of our show i guess so we we talk about witches as superheroes a lot um because that's what's going on in pop culture right now for the most part so even though when you see a witch as superhero kind of media you're not seeing an accurate portrayal of witchcraft and that can be very annoying to us because it's so important to us yeah but on the flip side what do you guys think about the fact that the witch used to be the archetype of the villain and now the witch is the archetype of the hero i have thoughts on this so I don't necessarily like the fact that, okay, first of all, I think the witch is the villain. Nine times out of 10, the witch was often misunderstood, right? Like Wicked did a great job of this. And people mm-hmm. treated her like shit. Um, I'd be pissed off and evil too. Like, fuck y'all. Um, I don't know. I think there's something to be said about the the outcast and the, not necessarily the villain, but just the one that isn't in the flow of everyday society. Yeah, I life. would say like the witch is the anti-hero, I think would be my favorite. Yeah, the witch isn't, so, okay. Really piece of lame folklore here for a second. But in the old days, when we're looking at village witches, not every village... I mean, there wasn't, like, witch after witch after witch in all of these villages. You had one witch per village, usually, right? And that it was... was all you was, could afford. Two witches in this economy? No kidding! <laughs> well, there was, like... There was, like, um... Either the witch was laying a curse on someone at the employ of someone else, and in which case the witch was seen as evil, or she was healing, in which case the witch was seen as good and the hero. Um, so I really, I like the stories more that view the witch as um, like the the good and the bad. Like like Maleficent? Kind of, oh, yeah. Like they're not the hero, but they're not the antagonist either. Yeah, they're just like kind that. of like there. I think like a lot of stuff that kind of came in like the 90s from witches trying to see them as like all good guys was kind of like a desperate rebranding like the satanic panic and they're like oh oh, no witches aren't like that we have wicca we're all love and light so then they're trying to like really steer towards the other direction and be like they're glinda the good witch is all we have and now we're kind of going in the middle where witches are now kind of like they have the ability to be gray i mean as much as it sucks and i don't agree with all of like the dogma and theology we owe wicca a lot for our ability to practice the way that we do now Mm -hmm. for being so like in the public eye and for influencing media in the way that it did especially like we talk about charmed primarily on the show charmed was a really big influence in the way in like the public perception of witchcraft yeah but but that was all influence based off of like people like um you know raymond buckland coming to america and bringing with him wicca and stuff like that like people forget that wicca is a more or less modern yeah construction like yeah. 1950s is what we're talking about here what about the thousand years of witch history before that i promise you they weren't casting a circle sticking a dagger in a chalice and invoking the goddess right like right what were they doing and i feel like that's the piece that you know we tend to not see represented in movies anymore i mean and even like as modern witches who are pretty educated we don't fully know the answers to the question you just asked about our own history yeah i mean yeah. there's lots of speculation and i mean you said this in one of the workshops that i came to like talking about the enjoining 
writing spell that you did. Oh like, yeah. yeah, this archetype of the first witch. Like we don't we don't know who that was. We don't know how that came about. We don't know who the first person to use that word was. Yeah, like um, who was the first person that looked at this herb and this chant go together to create this? Like what what did that look like? And that's the essence of the first witch that Wick and I wanted to, to connect and with. And honestly, that's probably people struggling more to understand science than magic. And it kind of yeah. turned into magic. And we, we just had this conversation um, when we were talking about the Charmed reboot of like modern witches being able to maintain our mysticism and our belief system, but also accept and acknowledge science and how those things aren't necessarily opposing forces, but complementary ones. I'm nodding a lot and I'm realizing that's not on audio. So I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you could just say it. Nod, 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 nod. Okay, I'm following. So can I can I ask to something that that you just said though? Um, so you're talking about the I guess the morally ambiguous witch who is not either hero or villain. Um, and you know I threw out Maleficent because I love that movie. I think it's a good example of that. What do you think about then, g- given that idea of the morally ambiguous witch who doesn't have to play either hero or villain? What do you think about in the context of a movie? Where these girls use their magic selfishly, but they're also social justice warriors, and they also goof off, and they also killed that guy. I think it's a little hypocritical once you get, like, the social justice in there, because then you're talking about, like, ethics and morality, but you can't also do that and not have ethics and morality. Yeah, I I mean, I guess, like, for me, morally ambiguous, I just, I don't really view it as, I view it as them, the witch going, like, putting themselves first, right? Like, I'm going to support the side that's fulfilling my own goals. That's, that's what I want to pursue, right? Um, It's not always the path of righteousness. It's not always the path of I am holier than thou. It's the path of uh, I need to live. I need to survive. I need to get shit done. Like, it's the operative side of the craft as opposed to the high and mighty enlightened side of it. And that's what I love. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I love to see that. In well said. Yeah, I like that. Like, but actually, we're, Salem we're, oh, was great I know. At that. Like when you know, like when you go to a witch, like in Charm, they did this. Every time you would go to the Charmed ones before season eight, you knew you were going to get magical help, right? Um, <laughs> before season eight, <laughs> or killed, or killed, <laughs> or killed. But like, imagine if you went to the witch asking for help, but you always knew going into it that there was going to be a price. Like that is the type of witch I want to see in the movies. Ooh, like Rumpelstiltskin from once. Yeah, kind of. Magic mm-hmm. has a price, dearie. You know. I just have some unanswered questions and I sort of want to know what all your unanswered questions are. Um, so what the fuck happened with the brothers? Nothing. Yep. Nothing. <laughs> they got more character development than Lourdes, some of them, but we have no ending for them whatsoever. They're just, they're just gone. The I mean, foster care. The- theoretically, like they all still live in the same house, but like what happens to Adam's cult? Like, what do they do with him gone? Are they all as powerful as him? Or what happens there? I mean, like, I, I gotta feel like uh, the mom, too. Like, why did she move, right? Like, did she not think through to get the house in her name or anything like that before she decided to schlep across the country with her daughter? Like, And this is the first time she met him, too? No, she just, like, she completely put her life in his hands. Oh, hell to the no. Yeah, absolutely not. No. Also, mom seems super happy. Um, We were just told that she like was tied up and like abducted basically, but she's just kind of like, tra-la-la, I'm driving my car, I'm in a good mood, yeah. and it's okay that you joked about this guy who just abused me. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, she's like, sorry that my boyfriend almost killed you, honey. Let's go camping. I really can't tell if there's like 
this was the day after that vanquish or if this was like a month later. It seems like it's kind of hard to judge the time. Yeah. There's no concept of time in this movie. <laughs> well, it's kind yeah. of like the charmed ones. They don't have any concept of what day of the week it is. That's because Piper's always freezing time. What happens to the brothers? Why does Lily stay in town with her new coven? And if so, how how can she justify... How does her and her mother justify staying in that town when they live in the house of the man that she murdered and she was duped into coming there? But we're just going to stay because you made friends? Yeah, I think a lot of this was not as easy peasy of a wrap up as they tried to make it no. seem. None of it was an easy wrap up for me. None of it. <laughs> no. So wait, so wait, they didn't, Lily didn't stay behind. They moved away, right? I. It's un- unclear. Unclear. Well, they said goodbye at the end. Well, she was going to visit Nancy. Yeah, no, she's going to come back and see them again after she visits her Good. mom. Okay, I always thought they were moving away because I was like, okay, well, you made this big deal about not being able to do magic without four people. So now what? <laughs> yeah, she just meant goodbye for now oh okay gotcha (laughs) goodbye for now (laughs) you're i mean you're left with the gist you're left with the gist that the coven is staying together at least that's how i felt about it yeah it's do we have any final thoughts what are your final thoughts wick i didn't like it i didn't (laughs) i didn't like it what about you blake i i wasn't like a huge fan of it but it's good like background tv like if i just want to throw something on and catch every couple of minutes of it because something I would put it on but I think it made me too angry for that am I gonna like am I just gonna go <laughs> home and be like oh my god we gotta watch the craft legacy every week nah my, I mean my final thought is that it would have worked better as a series I think it would have had more potential storytelling wise if it had been told over a period of time rather than in like an hour and 30 minutes it, it had more potential than what it came out with I feel like um like if it wasn't connected to the craft and it was just its own thing I think it would have done so much better I can agree with that too. Yeah. Well, I like I said at the beginning, I'm just as surprised as anyone to know that I came in here liking this movie. <laughs> um, so you know this movie was released on amazon on halloween the year it came out and my coven watched it together after our ritual and we were massively disappointed all of us we were like what the fuck was this bullshit so when you guys wanted to do the movie i also thought i was going to be reading it for filth but i don't know something about the past three times i've watched it it just really activated all these like film studies parts of my brain and i've so enjoyed thinking about it. I'm not going to sit here and say it's like a good movie and it couldn't have been better because it could have been a million times better. I just find that there are many more aspects of it that I enjoyed than I thought. Like I said, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but um, you know, there's yeah. the worst thing I've ever seen and then there's The Craft Legacy. Well, it's not up there with the great movies. It's definitely not as great as The Craft. It's no Devil Wears Prada. It's a, it's a fun witchcraft movie that has a lot of social theory in it to think about and that's what I enjoy. If I were if I were gonna rate this movie, oh god, uh, I would give it four banana seals. <laughs> Gets four my bananas and one unseen used condom. Ooh, that's good. I would give it. I'd probably give it two banana seals and one condom. I would give it one banana seal, um, and one period puddle. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well. Wiggleless. <laughs> You know, I just don't want to be at odds with you guys anymore. Isn't the real rating the friends we made along the way? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Blake Wick, where can the people find you if you would like the people to find you? Advertise the shit out of yourselves on our show. (laughs) Oh, okay, yeah. So um, our shop, Malloway Bros, is located in the Rogers Park neighborhood of Chicago. You can find us online at Malloway Bros. Our publishing company is at Cross Crow Books, C R O S S E D, Crow like the bird, and then books. Like um, the book. 
like the word booked. Um, <laughs> a little yeah. bibliophile. Yeah, and then you can find us um, at any one of those places. Yeah, we have a uh, Instagram also, Malloway Bros on Instagram, Cross Crow Books on Instagram. Okay. Yep. And then uh, Facebook too. Yeah. Oh, you can follow me at Siren Spectacular on Instagram and Twitter, Siren Spectacular Non-Binary Meme Witch on Facebook, or you can watch my Coven's YouTube channel, Millennial Incantations. You can follow me on Instagram at Phoenix Arcana Lightwood. You can follow me on Twitter at Phoenix Arcana underscore you can follow the pod at WBRcast on all social media platforms. If you have a question or something you'd like to hear us talk about, please send us an email at whichbereview at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Blake and Wick, for being here. We've had a great time yes, with you. This thank has been you an so much. Absolute blast. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah, this uh, was a hoot and a this half. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. We will absolutely have you back whenever you want because this was a hoot and a half for sure. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. Oh, and I just found your coven. I'm gonna check this out. Oh, the videos are fun. That's actually how Siren and I met. Oh, really? Oh, cool. yeah. <laughs> yeah, Phoenix is my first and only fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not not only fans. Um, I mean, not only fans, only fan. <laughs> hey, what you do in your free time? <laughs> no, Siren's failed YouTube career was the basis for this show. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Yes, what a lovely way to put it. All right, all you secondary characters. <laughs> Until next time. Keep on witching and bitching. Bye. Bye. Are you a good witch or a bad witch?